Anyway, <laughs> I'm here to promote my brand new product. <laughs> yeah, Rolling Rock Dish Detergent. Mm. Mm. <laughs> now you can wash your dishes with Rolling Rock. <laughs> and drink it. And drink it. Or whatever you want to do. <laughs> Uh, you might be wondering. I douche with it. <laughs> Is there any actual cleaning solution in this? Nope, it's just rolling rocks. <laughs> it's just a one gallon jug of rolling rock. I, I just bought it from the grocery store, prepackaged it back up. The first aid kit says alcohol kills germs, so it's probably fine. Hell, you leave leave your dishes on there nice and chunky, and you just <laughs> run it over there. Yeah, this is Latrobe Pete. Yeah, Latrobe Pete. <laughs> Howdy, y'all. For tax purposes, I had to change my name from Texas Pete to Latrobe Pete. <laughs> Legally different persons. <laughs> uh, so stupid. Where the hell is old Latrobe? Latrobe is in Pennsylvania. Uh, Western Pennsylvania. Yeah, right. It's not too far from ah. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Interesting. From the yeah. glass line tanks of old Latrobe. For yeah. some for some reason, I thought it was in Michigan. Yeah, it's uh, it's out here. It's not too far away. No, what I'm what I'm. They don't actually brew there anymore. Right. But the Latrobe Brewing Company used to be headquartered, like basically half an hour, forty five minutes outside Pittsburgh, something like that. Huh. All right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Neat. With their glass lined tanks. For some reason, uh, <laughs> supposed to like preserve the beer or something. Whatever. Yeah, you know what else does that? A regular tank. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Just like about anything. Everybody else does. Yeah. <laughs> Just about anything. Anyway. <laughs> we are back with another episode of the 3 Do Podcast. <laughs> 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 You like that's an original composition, everyone. Yeah, we totally came up with that. That was just now. Yeah, <laughs> that, that that should be the truth uh, or uh, not truth and fuse the uh, the uh, uh, would you rather theme. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I want my game to have a theme, and it's just us ripping off the Price is Right. <laughs> oh yeah, that would be good. Yeah. Price is Right. What's that? I've never yeah. heard of that. Never heard of it. <clears throat> you can't say I did. Um, <laughs> every one of our games could have a uh, a different theme song, but we. <laughs> Just be us ripping off different. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's time to play Wheel of oh. Something. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, so, yeah, we're back. <laughs> Third episode of the season. Yes. You knew that. Why am I telling you that? You yeah, know you that. guys know that. You're, they're listening. You, you had to look at it before you pushed the button. So I'm just <laughs> telling you something you already know. Right. Um, Who? You guys, anything? You guys doing good? Everybody doing? Everybody fine? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, it's, it's been, been a couple weeks since we've been yeah been down here. So yeah, I, uh, I kind of you know when we don't do the podcast, I actually do miss the podcast. Yeah, I do too mm. a it's, lot. Actually. You know, I mean, we did it every single week for season one, right? Yeah. That was kind of an aggressive schedule to keep. Yeah, but I kind of miss it. Agreed. And we have a good problem to have now, which is we have too much shit to do. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but, it, you know, this is always, this is the steam blowing off part of the week. So. Yeah, right. That's true. Um, which we get once every two weeks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> do you see what I'm saying, though? Yeah, like, it's, right. you know, 
Yeah, the weeks we don't do the podcast, I just all like that, punch a brick wall. That, the week's worth of excess steam I have to take out on my wife now. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my God. I have to get online and yell at people on Twitter. Right. <laughs> no, I mean, and I already do that enough anyway. Uh, now I got to throw some racial shit in there to <laughs> really turn it up. it really trips my trigger, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's got to get the hate just ramping up a little bit. <laughs> right. Fuck it. It's the 21st century. What are they going to do? Trump 2020. <laughs> Argue with your co-workers on Twitter. Yeah. Lose all your friends. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I'm glad I got off Facebook, so this is it's less tempting for me to do that. Yeah. But it does just feel so good. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. To just to to annihilate to somebody. Fight, it feels so good. Yeah, yeah it does. The, the feeling of being correct... And therefore righteous <laughs> is a very good feeling. It is. Yeah. It's it's it's, yeah. it's super immature, but like let's be real, it feels pretty good. Feels good. Yeah. Well, it's like why feels we do everything. It's why we have team sports. It's why we have politics. Right. It's why we have anything else. <laughs> There's winners and losers in everything. Right. Anyway, unless you're a liberal, <laughs> in which case you're just always losing. <laughs> Because the party is stupid. Fucking dumb. We're going to talk about this. I know. We're going to talk about this because it's my why we're fucked. Tell me about <laughs> it. I've been holding this in for... <laughs> we're going um, to talk you, about this. Have you, have, I have not been no, holding it in. You've no. been bubbling over the edges, but <laughs> you've basically I, held the it in. The problem is I'm actually losing my mind. I'm actually getting very... Fucking angry. Very, very angry. Yeah. Uh, because it's already starting again. It's yeah. this... They, they had the, uh, at the time that we're recording this, the Iowa caucus was last <laughs> the night. Iowa the Iowa caucus. The Iowa khakis. The Iowa caucus was last night. And uh, mm-hmm. mysteriously, mysteriously, Mysterious. how mysterious it is uh, mm-hmm. that the app that they, the app that they were using to count votes. Yeah. The, the telephone app. Yeah. That they were trusting people to know how to use to right. count votes. Yeah. Failed. Huh. Huh. How about that? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So uh, it's actually worse than that. So when the app failed, people did things like take screenshots of the data on their phone to then take to someone to count. Yeah. And they were turned away. Yeah. Without explanation. Sorry, we can't have you here. You got to go. So when they brought (laughs) them results in person, that wasn't good enough either. No. And the phone numbers that people defaulted to got jammed up. <laughs> uh, and one guy said he was on hold for 90 minutes. It was, it, and then someone picked the phone up and fucking hung it up again. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, it was also, uh, re- it was originally reported that it was a hack. And what I think really happened was that the, uh, the app just didn't work with all the traffic of all sure. those people voting. Yeah, um, absolutely. But here's the problem is people like me are going to inevitably look at the fact that Pete Buttigieg, who at the time that we're recording this podcast is leading, yep. has financial backing, has ties to the app that is being run there. Like the consulting company that built the app or whatever. Correct. And he, yeah. he's leading right now. Yeah. <laughs> as, we're, as we're recording this. According to this, by that same 1.8% I was uh-huh. talking about earlier. And boy, that just seems a little funny, doesn't but it? That's 62% of precincts reporting. Correct. I understand that. But yeah. I mean, did anybody give a fuck about Pete Buttigieg before this? He didn't have anything suggesting that he should be at the top of the pack right now. No. That's what I'm saying. Like, no, really which not that, not that the news knows what the fuck is going on. Yeah. But I'm just I'm just pissed because it's 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 to the point now where you can already they're already openly talking about 
screwing progressive candidates yeah. because the people who write the checks to the Democratic Party don't want progressive candidates in mm-hmm. because they, you know, don't want those people to have as much money. <laughs> it's not a nice way to put that. Right. Um, so it's already starting and it, like all this fuckery happens. And yeah. then something like this goes and it makes people like me who I'm rational enough to know that, you know, it's probably just the dem- you know, they fucked up. Yeah. Uh, but now it like now it I looks like that, a fucking hot conspiracy. Now it looks like a fucking hot conspiracy, and I'm just stupid enough to believe it. <laughs> and it's just it's it's fucking infuriating. Yeah, it it's is infuriating. <laughs> You're not wrong. And the thing is, I don't put it past someone to, to have specifically architected the circumstances that we are seeing right I now. I knew it, me either. Is <laughs> <laughs> the is that the uh, the or the, I knew uh, it, me too. The Prime Minister of New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you think we're all in the Matrix? Nah, it's just a movie. Yeah. No, yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, no. Although maybe, maybe a little bit. I do it. <laughs> yes, I believe in the Matrix, Your Majesty. Oh, that's it. I knew it, me too. <laughs> your Majesty. Yeah. That's right. It's David that, uh, says that Concords. Yeah. 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 Oh, God. I knew um, it. I knew it, me too. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I'm just. I'm. I'm. I'm barely holding back my contempt and my anger because I already see. Yeah, I already see this thing happening. Yep, and I've said it pretty vocally before. They're gonna lose mm-hmm. in 2020. I yep. think they're gonna lose. That's not gonna stop me from doing what I need to do and swallowing my pride and sucking it up. But they're gonna fucking lose, and it's gonna be catastrophic, and they're gonna deserve it. Yeah, and it's really annoying <laughs> because I don't want that to happen. Yeah, but you don't get to decide I don't everything get to that decide happens that. between now right. and then. I, I I know, but you know, you you just see the pattern. Yeah, you just see the pattern of behavior repeating itself again, and mm-hmm. it's like, here we go again. Yeah, here we go again. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be so much fun. Meanwhile, we got fuckwit who doesn't even know what <laughs> state Kansas City's in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God Almighty! Like the alternative is like we're, like we're living in a uh, stupid dystopia right now. Yeah, and the alternative is like a different kind of stupid. I guess stupid Watergate. Stupid. <laughs> yeah, we're just uh, we're li- the, the, the word for this is cacistocracy, which is, is rule by the absolute least qualified. Mm, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that we're, is what I, we are living in. That's it's just it's just insane, and it, it's like uh, I feel myself getting more toxic as it happens. You know, that's the worst part is the yeah. entire uh. the entire collective populace has just mm-hmm. just plummeted along with with everybody else. Yeah. Everyone's angry. No one's happy. Right. No one likes this. But it's what we're doing. Yep. And we have to continue to do it. And it will just get more and more bitter. Right. <laughs> you know? I, I don't think anything's going to get better. We watched it. We were watching a bunch of old political speeches before we came down here. And yeah. one of them was something was it like Hillary Clinton when she introduced the uh, human pillow fight Tim Kaine. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Uh, <laughs> as her vice presidential nominee. Um, Tim Kaine with that dumb, naughty smile on his face like he took two idiot. candies instead that's, of one. I said that's when I that's when I knew she was gonna lose for sure. Yeah. I wasn't convinced when she announced that guy. I'm like, this is this fucking popcorn fart. He's a dude I can see like doing the electric slide mm-hmm. and making it look as dorky as it is. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> 
<laughs> but she said something like, I think America's year, best years are ahead of them and are ahead of us, you know, yeah. and it's like, oh. Uh, back off, Hill Dog. Yeah, didn't it? <laughs> you might want to might wind that one back. Mm, you want to no. deflect and pivot. Deflect <laughs> and pivot from that. But the thing is, watching that, it's, it's so striking how little substance there was to anything she said. Mm-hmm. Like it's the same of sort of not. like patchwork American narrative we hear from every politician. Everybody, everybody. They yeah. don't tell you anything of value. No. Uh, the only person who told you anything from their from their heart was Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. And a lot of it was about Mexicans. Yeah, right. Get them out of here. Get them the hell out of here. <laughs> throw them out. We're going to throw them out. I watched the Super Bowl halftime show. I thought it was very nice, but we got to get trebuchets. <laughs> Hey, did you see? We got to launch him. We got to get him out of here. Got to get him over the wall. Get him out of here. Get these Mexicans up in the air. Get him out of here. We did it. We'll, we'll skeet shoot them like pinatas or whatever. <laughs> yeah, like you do with pinatas. <laughs> you know, Donald Trump doesn't understand how skeet shooting or pinatas work. You know, it's, we're just gonna, uh, we're you gonna launch him. You load it up with Mexicans. <laughs> we're going to get him on a trebuchet. We're going to launch him over the wall. I am not a racist. I have plenty of Cubanos and Puerto Rico's <laughs> bringing people drinks at Mar-a-Lago. Puerto Rico's. Puerto really, Rico's. Really funny. To Cubanos, me. Puerto Rico's, Me- <laughs> Mexicanistas. Mexicanistas. <laughs> <laughs> did you uh, did you guys see that horrible video of like what Trump was doing while the national anthem was being? Oh yeah, he was getting, like, conducting the band. Yeah, like the, the <laughs> dude is on everyone all the time for not being patriotic enough. Uh, but while his does. wife is standing there next to him with her hand over her heart, he's doing orchestra hands. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, pointing at people, like, what's up, Tiger? You know, like, yeah, doing that, like, gun What's going fingers. on, Bash? Yeah. Hey, you got that trebuchet ready? <laughs> <laughs> Good, I got a room full uh, of Mexicans back there, and we're going to make a lot of them really, really airborne. <laughs> <laughs> Bring out the shotguns. <laughs> it's time. Uh, this is crazy. It's infuriating. It is. It's the really infuriating. Thing. I'm... I'm I'm only, I, I, the thing is, I probably sound pretty calm on this podcast. I'm fucking infuriated. Oh, it's really I, shitty. I mean, I'm just furious. It's, it's like, yeah. <sighs> I thought the only thing you can probably do is just unregister. Yeah. I mean, how much do you think it would really freak him out if as many people who are no longer thrilled with the Democratic Party actually unregistered? unregistered? I, I had unregistered and then re-registered because yeah. I had to, I had to do it to vote in the primary. Right. I want to be in the primary too, but right. I swear to God, I might drop my registration. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I the, That's the thing. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. It's frustrating. Make them work for it. God damn it. Right. Yeah. Fucking earn it again. Yeah. It's, you know. Yeah. <sighs> Tim Kaine. Tim fucking Kane. Who looks like he may have stolen a blueberry pie from a window. Of, any, of <laughs> anyone she could have picked, she picked Tim fucking Kane. The definition of milk toast. Tim Fluttershy <laughs> Kane. <laughs> fucking idiots. Fucking and the, and the DNC let her do it. Yeah. Fucking morons. The, the dude brought like literally nothing. Right. I don't except he could speak Spanish. Right. Which And is, then at the beginning of the primaries, all these white people are out here talking Spanish. <laughs> we give a fuck. Oh, that was great. Yeah. I oh god, we should watch clips of that again. <laughs> the awkward Spanish speaking, like yeah. the, the very blatant attempt to pander to young liberals. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. 
back. I <laughs> like that he could speak other <laughs> languages. Shut up, you cunt. Yo, estoy yeah. un Berliner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The uh, who's the worst one was um, uh, Beto. Oh, yeah. Beto's was the most embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. um, and then it elicited that amazing reaction from Cory Booker. Yeah. Who is off to the side gawking like he's seen a ghost. <laughs> yeah. With his eyes just like constantly staring like yeah. blinking. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Cory Booker like he's like actually up like a political like Terminator. Like he's like he's, he's not human. I don't think. No, I don't think so either. There's just something like you know if you peel that face back, there's just it's like the the Terminator <sighs> face is back there. <sighs> I'm, I'm I'm sorry. I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and relax nah, and not right. be angry about it. Nah. It's really hard for me to do that. Nah, um, be angry. I am enjoying this cigar though. This mm. is a good cigar. Yes. Here's what I'm smoking, <laughs> and here's what I'm drinking. It's Rolling Rock, <laughs> and here's what I'm smashing my face against. Mm. Uh, ben, you got anything? You feeling fucked? Feeling good? <clears throat> That was a cacophonous uh, belch. Several it, layers. It was to that a. One. It was a. Yeah, a, a belch in three movements. <laughs> uh, three distinct movements. Dis- distinct movements. Um, no, uh, I'm feeling pretty good today, in particular. Huh. Uh, today was just a good day all around. It's just uh, for day. for working, uh, for driving. Yeah. You know, I I uh, you know I I. Found that um, that tribe album and yeah, you know dude. been jamming out to that. That was the first full length LP. I nice. was I was listening to uh, I went up to uh, Miss Tina's to uh, check on Aubrey and then on the way back down to my place and and back over to here I was listening to Liquid Swords. Yeah, that's a good one. Just uh, having a car with a functional sound system where I can play whatever I want. Uh, yeah, dude, is the best. That. That having I, that new vehicle is going to change your life completely. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't think I've talked about it on the show yet, but uh, you haven't. The other you haven't. Uh, a week and a half ago, I got uh, I got a 2017 Equinox um, to replace yeah. my 2004 Pontiac Vibe. I can't uh, believe which, that thing made it as long as it did. It that thing. God, how much did it have? It had to have had a little over 120 thousand miles. Wow. Um, it was, it was, yeah, there were all sorts of things wrong with it. I, I, I can't even count them on my hands. There were so many. Mm-hmm. Um, and somehow I still got money for a trade. So, so yeah. I, oh, really? Yeah, they'll yeah. give you, they'll give you. Yeah, because it's like the parts so and everything. scrap finger. value. Yeah. Are you like uh, 1500 or something like that? I forget how much it was. It's not but usually it, that much. It was it was halfway decent though. Yeah. Um. Just the weight in metal of that. It's well, who knows? I haven't paid. I haven't paid attention to where that value yeah. has been. But uh, but yeah, I, I got I got a decent trade value. I I got uh, a really good rate from the bank. Good. Um, oh really? Yeah. I got. It's like six percent. Yeah. Good. That's pretty good. Um, yeah. Uh. And uh. The, that's why I said like always keep that in mind. They can haggle everything. Right. They can always haggle everything. Yeah. And and. And, you know, again, again, our dealer was, uh, you know, a friend of Aubrey's family and and uh, uh, related to some people I work with. So we kind of like we kind of like know her. And so, you know, she did she did everything in her power to, you know, get a good rate for me. And and 
Yeah. It's affordable. It's nice. it's very yeah, And you said you don't really have credit, right? Like it's... No, but this will build credit. Yeah. Oh, um, yes it will. Aubrey has fantastic credit. Oh, really? Yeah. Um nice. I'll I'll explain why off off mic, but um <laughs> Okay. But she's uh, committing fraud. <laughs> <laughs> she's hacked the Experian database. <laughs> so there's this thing called a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> <laughs> Big scheme, you might have heard of it. It's, it's called, pretty popular. It's pretty popular. It's called a Ponzi this scheme. This Ponzi, great example of American entrepreneurship. The Ponzi scheme, <laughs> in which you wear a leather jacket and walk around going, hey. <laughs> uh, no, so uh, she co-signed, and and that nice. that helped a lot. I would imagine, yeah. Um, and then my, you know, my credit's gonna get better from here on out. How long's your loan for? Uh, 47 years. <laughs> no, it's uh, 72 months. Okay. 72. Six so six years. years. Okay, yeah. yeah. That's about typical. Anywhere between four and six is typical, I think. Yeah, yeah. We, we wanted to get the longest spot, so my monthly payments would be yeah. as low well, as And then if be. you have extra to pay on it, you can do that. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. Yep, that's exactly what I'm going to do. It's a good system. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, so I, I I just I love being able to fucking listen to my music in my car again and, yeah. and not have to rely on the fucking radio and hear Sweet Home Alabama five times a week. <laughs> Please let wheels it keep on wheeling. <laughs> we'll be home to see my wheels. Wheels, wheels, wheels. Where I know I'm I'm from Ohio, Ohio, but the South will rise again. (laughs) Oof, (laughs) oof, sweet home in Toledo, (laughs) blue lives matter sticker on the window. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, no thanks. No thanks. I I hope I never hear that song again. I hate sweet home. I'll pay. It's... just it, even from a technical standpoint, it sucks. It's three fucking chords over and over again. Yeah, in the same pattern. Yeah, you could do that well. That song doesn't. It's just and infuriating. Then, yeah, and then it's just the anthem of every fucking horse girl, uh, piece of shit. You know, Blue Lives Matter <laughs> horse lift, girl lifted horse pickup. Girl. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, I know horse girls. Horse yeah. girls. You just girls with horses. Oh, I know. You, Gr- you girls don't know who about are, like obsessed with horses. You don't know about that thing? Uh, no. Oh, really? See, I knew. I went to school with a couple of them. Yeah. <laughs> That's a thing, dude. Just the girls horse girl? So, I don't know what you're talking about. Are you about. serious? Yeah. Oh, bro. <laughs> Wait, just girls with horses. Girls, uh, like, obsessed with, like, horses and raising horses. That's <sighs> a thing, dude. Yeah. I guess so. It's, it's their... Oh, it's definitely a thing. <laughs> it's kind of their in into, like, the, the country sort of yeah. thing. Oh, okay. You're kind of... You're, uh, like, lukewarm on this. That's a real thing. Okay. That's a no, real I believe, thing. I, be, I'm, I, I believe you... It's just interesting to think of that as like a whole lot of that's, that's girls. A sub, yeah. That's a horses. subsect of of people in high school. Horse girls. Yeah. Horse girls. Sweet Home Alabama. But yeah, Sweet Home Alabama is just it's it's the anthem of every fucking you know white trash lifted pickup. Blue Lives Matter. <laughs> fucking um, every guy that parked right over the middle line of a parking space in his big fucking truck. Yeah. yeah every 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 middle aged father of two who gets fucking triggered by Greta Thunberg. <laughs> <laughs> you know who, feel, who feels the need to defend his his beliefs against a thirteen year old Swede. Ah, that's so funny. Um, well, incidentally, that song was written in response to Neil Young's "Southern Man," which is like a famous verse there, mm. which was a song that was like basically like wagging the finger at uh, the governor who 
you know, tried to prevent black people from entering school. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. right. So it's kind of like a Neil weird, Young's yeah. pro-integration. Yeah. Propaganda. Propaganda. <laughs> right. Liberal fucking. <laughs> yeah, liberal, normal person, Neil Young. <laughs> normal person. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, so it's like, you, you know, it's like, uh, well, we like Alabama. It's like, okay, but the song is about, like, the governor not, you know. Yeah. I, I don't know. They were like, yeah. they wrote that whole song, like, against Southern Man, which is objectively a better song. I'm going to go out on a limb here. It's a better mm-hmm. song. It, it absolutely <laughs> is. Uh-huh. Like, 99% of songs are better than Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> Again, it's three. It's the same three fucking chords, measure after measure. Which you could do if you're the Ramones. Yeah, right. But Stephen yeah. Van Zandt is not the Ramones. Stephen Van Zandt? <laughs> or uh, Ronnie Van Zandt, excuse me. <laughs> I was like, hold on Steve a minute. Van Zandt. Am I getting schooled? No. Stevie <laughs> Van Wonder. Stevie, Stevie, Stevie Van Zandt's the guitar player from Bruce Springsteen. Right. Yeah. No, Ronnie Van Zandt. And, uh, and, one, and Silvio from... Uh, yeah, or, uh, right. Sil- yeah, Silvio, right? Silvio Dante yeah. from The Sopranos, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, all right. I'll tell you why I'm fucked. I cannot get enough meat. I have a problem. Um, <laughs> I, so the other day, the other night I was looking because uh, do you guys remember years ago? I bought like these big giant bags of meat sticks. I do. Yeah. Yeah. It was delicious. Yes, it was I great. Do. It was great. They had like meat sticks. They were for, really like, spicy, weren't they? They're pretty spicy. Yeah. And they were from a website that I can't track down and I'm pretty sure it doesn't exist anymore. And there's not even evidence of them in my email account. Like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> it's as if they were erased from history. <laughs> like like I'm having like a like a Mandela effect thing about this company. <laughs> um, Weird. But anyway, yeah, I'm fucked because I really really want to acquire large amounts of meat. You have a sausage maker. That's you true. Could, you could make those meat sticks. You I could. Don't know, I, the thing is, you gotta like dehydrate oh. them, and you gotta maybe yeah, smoke which them is and stuff. Really easy. Probably is pretty easy. Yeah, no, maybe you I should just do no, that. No, it's really easy. You just turn your oven on like 190 and just leave them in there for a few hours. Dude, yeah. if, if Mark Zuckerberg can smoke meats, you can smoke meats. <laughs> That's true. He smokes meats. That guy smokes. That guy smokes. <laughs> just just smoking smoking these meats. Smoking meats. The meat tastes doubly better if you killed the animal yourself. <laughs> Fucking alien thing to say. <laughs> Fuck you, Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> Shut up. Just stop talking. Oh, God. It's it's kind of a shame that that as because uh, a lot of 2019 was devoted to Zuck coverage. Yeah. And and now that it we're, was now that we're in election phase, we're just kind of we're letting the Zuck fall by the wayside. Yeah. And right. kinda, the Zuck stops here, one might say. The Zuck <laughs> and uh, and that's kind of a shame. I need more Zuck in my life. That's true. Yeah, I need to get zucked up. I need I need more I need more alien testimony. He's so fucking weird. <laughs> like he's weirder than most people. You know what? I don't even blame him so much for that as as I blame the the fucking bench full of old morons that they put up there to question him. Yeah. yeah. A group of people who have no idea what they're talking about. Right. Asking him pretending like they know what they're talking about. I, yeah, right. Yeah. We we need like, you know, like a national, like, cause we have like a, a you know, what, like science councils and, and yeah. security councils. We need like a tech council that can advise these people and like actually sit them down in front of a PowerPoint and be like, here's how, here's how shit works you on the internet. Fuck that let's just elect a fucking ton of millennials. Right. 
yeah, who actually right. understand like how technology works and what our real problems are and like the like the things that we need to be doing. I'm just elect Bill Gates for yeah, president. We're, we're, I'm not I'm not going to say no to Bill Gates. We're, tr- no we're trying. <laughs> That's the problem. We're fucking trying. <laughs> yeah. And it's not going to work because mm-hmm. creepy Joe Biden uh, <laughs> pictured here smelling a reporter's hair. Uh, <laughs> Wait, did he did he actually do that? I, he's not a reporter, but he did smell people's hair. <laughs> it's just, really weird. Yeah, he's just he kissed a, his granddaughter on the lips. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that. You know, Christy said something to me about that that was interesting. She's like, "Yeah, you know, that's, that's an old not uncomfortable, thing. but like, yeah, like some families that's just an, do that's that. A, some families do that. That's I, an old I, thing. I get it, but the thing is, it's not a good look on a president. No, it just isn't. Like, I get it, yeah. but don't or do that. or a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Right. <laughs> Oh wait, um, yeah, Tom, Tom Brady. Brady. Did you do the same thing? Yeah, no, I, I, no, I, I didn't mean Patrick Mahomes, not by any means. No, uh, Tom Brady. Yeah, kissed his dad on the lips. And Robert Kraft. <laughs> and Robert Kraft. And he kissed Robert Bob Kraft on the lips. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Just people kissing awkwardly on the lips is really funny. Yeah. That would be a super cut of weird awkward kisses on the lips. And then I bet there is Ted Cruz's daughter can't. <laughs> oh my god! Like, yeah, she like physically resists. Yeah, like uh, Ted Cruz's daughter doesn't want girl. to stand next to him. Yeah, <laughs> you probably and like not because she doesn't love her dad. I probably because she was like <laughs> she's a teenager and she doesn't. Well, she was a little girl, I think. Right? Yeah, but also he's like a cockroach in a suit. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, like, the, okay, you got this little girl who's been on the road with her dad campaigning for yeah. days and days, and right. is probably cranky and tired and sick of all this bullshit. And yeah. they get outside the bus. It's time to stop finally. And she wants to go get some gummy bears and, and not have to look at her dad anymore. And now <laughs> it's a, f- a photo opportunity. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> I would fucking pull away from him, too. Yeah, like, hey, you know what? We could do this anytime. But right now I have to piss and I want <laughs> snacks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> not now, dad. Dad. Not now, you fucking you weirdo. Fucking not now, disgusting tonsil stone eating piece of shit. <laughs> not now, Ted. <laughs> Oh, God. Remember when he grew that beard? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Super relatable guy, Ted Cruz. It's super funny just on the outset. Just the thought of Ted Cruz growing a beard is hilarious. Uh, anyway. It's like it's like when uh, it's like when data grows a beard in next generation. Yeah. (laughs) When I stroke the beard thusly. Do I not appear more distinguished? <laughs> Why, yes, Data, you do. Uh, do you remember him, like, talking at the RNC, like... Who, Data? <laughs> yeah. This year's a keynote speaker at the RNC, Data. 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 Big Data. Big yeah. Data. Ten-foot-tall Data. <laughs> He's, like, has to crouch in. Uh, I'm sorry. Ted Cruz is just, like, the most phony conservative bullshit Oh, yeah. Him. This is horrible. Remember his roommate from college? I don't. This was one of the best things about Ted Cruz's uh, a candidacy for the nomination is a dude that shared a dorm with him in college. Took a video of him. <laughs> no, actually. Not that I know. Oh, okay. Although that would be awesome. I thought they had him on record of like saying something. Maybe they did. I thought there was a video. There might be a video of something really awkward yeah, about him. Right. Oh, wait, no, no, yeah, there was a video of him. He was like, yeah, but, but he was being interviewed, and yeah. he was like really weird and creepy. But but, the, but his the thing with his roommate was just he had all these stories about Ted Cruz just being like a fucking alien or like a huge dork yeah. and like a piece of shit. And like 
dude would not let up on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, right. Just keep going. <laughs> it was really funny. Just him being like, listen, I lived with this guy for like a long time. Like, vote yeah. for anyone else. Oh, man. <laughs> whatever happened to whatever happened to Ben Carson? Because I think he might have been an even bigger psychopath. He, than he's Ted the Cruz. HUD secretary. Ben right Carson, now. who is currently sleeping over his Sunday at the hometown <laughs> buffet. <laughs> <laughs> He's sleeping over Sunday. It's Tuesday night right now. Ben Carson, who is currently trying to fish his keys out of his couch and can't quite reach them. Ben Carson, who uh, my my absolute favorite moment was when he was he was on interview, a televised interview, yeah. talking about the time he chased a kid down and almost beat him to death with a cinder block. <laughs> and then he's, you know, as a part of a counterpoint to be like, but then I turned my life around. <laughs> <laughs> Like, dude, don't tell that story. Hey, it doesn't hey, help ben, you. Ben, maybe don't talk about that. He's he's currently the HUD secretary. He has a job. Uh, he's like, yeah, he's the nine. He was the nine 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 guy, right? Yeah. He was the guy who proposed essentially the Sim City tax structure. Yeah, right. Nine percent residential. Nine <laughs> percent. Like he, he, his idea for a tax plan was like right out of Sim City. Uh, oh Jesus! A fucking idiot. <laughs> You can't cut back on funding. You'll regret this. Ben Carson, who just like went to rip a jelly packet open, but tore the whole side. No. And then it spilled on his hands. <laughs> ben Carson, whose toenail that he just clipped, bumped up and hit him in the eye. And now he's checking to see if he hurt himself for real. And it's a little red, but like he's not sure if like there's something actually in there. <laughs> Uh, uh, ben Carson. Uh, what a fucking dunce. What a, what a, <laughs> he really is. What the, a dunce. The, dude's, the dude's a literal brain surgeon. I, I know. He's a dunce. He's, he's a fucking idiot. The dumbest fucking he's brain a, surgeon I've ever what seen. A dumb motherfucking idiot. <laughs> the thing is, okay, so like uh, my family, like was in, a lot of my family was in the medical field. Yeah. Not like doctors, but like, sure. you know, they worked around doctors. My dad was a medic. My, my mom worked at the hospital. Yeah. I, I grew up with a lot of those knowing like a lot of those people a lot of them are fucking stupid they're not as smart as you brain think they're. surgeons yeah they're no, just <laughs> doctors in general a lot of them are yeah. fucking stupid lots they're of people are very good idiots. at one thing and they're just not that they're bright just, overall exactly yeah. yeah they're not they're not really smart people they plenty just, of, yeah. plenty they're of, very good specialized at certain things plenty yeah. of good book learning and right yeah, yeah. Not so much, not so much common sense <laughs> intuition. The only one in that field who who could have been a decent candidate, yeah, was Marco Rubio. He was the only one, and I don't even like Marco Rubio, yeah. but he was the only one who of those guys, except maybe even Chris Christie. I'd throw Chris Christie in there. I wouldn't have felt unsafe with those two at the. Oh, helm. I see what you mean. Like, no, I, I, I wouldn't have felt unsafe with Chris Christie in office, but, but. Just having him in office would make my skin crawl. Yeah, I know. It would absolutely make my skin crawl. He's <laughs> such a disgusting and deplorable person. Remember, yeah. remember Chris Christie in the real tight baseball uniform? Yep. Yeah. I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. anyway. Yeah, why don't we take a break here? Yeah. Uh, this has been a pretty solid open. Uh, we will come back in a minute with Would You Rather? And then the main topic for the episode. Smoking and drinking, smoking everybody. And we're drinking. smoking and we're drinking. We smoke. And you're going to find out what it is that we are smoking and drinking. On the dude cast. Are they? Ah! Ah! <laughs> no, we're good. Jesus. Sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to freak you out there. I accidentally... I wasn't worried that I caught the box on fire. I was just more worried that I, like, put my cigar out. You just fucking terrified me, and you didn't even have to try. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
I, I thought I'd put my cigar out. I didn't want to. <sighs> would have been horrible. Oh, wow. All right. Let's take a break. We'll be back in a minute. Smoking and drinking, everybody. Smoking and drinking. That's what we're going to talk about when we come back is what we're smoking and what we're drinking. Yeah, right. That famous game everyone's playing. Okay. Smoking yeah, right. and drinking. Yeah, okay. Smoking yeah, and drinking, right. everybody. Okay, yeah. 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 Smoking. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Drinking. Yeah. Dolphin. Lundgren. Lundgren. <laughs> Welcome to the Three Dude Podcast. Hey, yeah. Ah. Uh, you can find us at threedudecast.com. If you're wondering whether that's spelled with the numeral three or the word three, the answer is yes. We're so proud of ourselves. We're so clever. We're such clever boys. Wow. <laughs> We've switched hosting to Podbean. You can still find us on iTunes and Google Play. Mm-hmm. So give us a like. Yeah, give us a like. Give us a listen. Give us a review somewhere. Give, give us a sandwich. Give us a high five. Give us sponsorship. Please give us a hug. Give us that money. Morty. Nice. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Ooh, I'm getting over a cold, so naturally the best thing to do is to smoke a cigar. Yeah, get in front of the microphone while you do it. Yeah, don't right. Do. Just talk a lot. Just yeah. like without warming up my voice at all. Yep. Just fucking just drive that point. Yeah, put some on. alcohol in there too. Yeah, just you know what? And not like not like good, like soothing killing like like beer. Yeah, like just beer. Beer. Like really like Bottom shelf beer. <laughs> well, that is how you wash the dishes. Hey, howdy, y'all. It's me, Latrobe Pete. <laughs> Latrobe Pete. <coughs> you thought I was gone, but I'm not. I'm here to tell you. Try new Latrobe Pete's antiseptic wash. It's just beer. Legal in 37 states. <laughs> <laughs> Yeehaw. <laughs> so Latrobe Pete. <laughs> It's fucking stupid. Stupid. Everything we do is stupid. Why does anybody listen to this shit? So dumb. Mm. Everything we do is dumb and stupid and dumb. Yeah, I think that's right. Are you both writing down that everything we do is dumb and stupid yeah, and dumb? Shit. I, they beat me to it. <laughs> yeah, it's, right. it's true. We're dumb. We're fucking stupid. That's There's right. nothing funny on this show. No. Anyway, uh, let's move on, shall we? Yeah, you guys Dave, wanna, would you like to play smoking and drinking? <laughs> 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 That's stupid. This is Rod Raleigh. What the fuck is happening? I don't know. Uh, so I have I have a game. Have you? I have. Uh, it's Has time for, for Would You Rather. Oh shit! I've never heard of that before. What's it like? <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> It's a sandwich on wheat bread with uh oh bacon ham and the. Uh, Tomato. Oh, great. I don't like tomatoes. Great. <laughs> I see. I, I know you like tomatoes. Give me. What? What? Did you say? Give me. What's going on with the game? Uh, uh, All right. <laughs> so yes, funny. the. Yes, game. the game. It's that famous to, game everyone's playing. It's time to play Would You Rather before my phone fucking dies. So, would you rather once a day for a whole year, you get to place a rank fart somewhere in the world? Ooh. 
once a day for a whole year. You get to kind of stop time and like seek around the planet and find the right place. It's like a five foot by five foot by five foot cube of fart that just and it lasts one minute and then it dissipates. That's it. Okay. Every day, though, for a whole year or for one day, you get to put Rush Limbaugh in a dunk tank. With any substance you want in the bottom oh. of it, and you get to invite people to just throw balls at the, the target all day long. Shit, you mastermind. <laughs> oh, that's good. But it's only one day. Now, what what was the first one, the stipulation of the first one? The first one, it's once a day for a year, but you get to put a fart somewhere. In the world. And a five by five by five. Yeah, it's a five by five by five oh, cube. Okay. Which means that you can like be watching like you could be watching the news and like a guy's like interviewing like a dude with a dolphin and you could just <laughs> like put the fart right there, <laughs> then go back to watching the news oh. and watch them both be like, oh, oh yeah, SeaWorld is great. Why why would I why would I do that? A poor dolphin. A dolphin's fine. Oh. Dolphin <laughs> dolphins love human farts. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing that people don't know yeah, about that's, dolphins. Dude, that's what sure. they eat. That's like yeah. 10% of their diet. <laughs> yeah, right? That's why they're always farts. like chasing cruise boats and stuff. Right. They're like, like sucking down farts. Right. Dragging tourists to their grave. You know? Because <laughs> everybody knows you shit yourself right before you die. So. Right. That's right. So they kill them. And, and then that's that's the that's the devil's fart. <laughs> <laughs> it's the evilest fart of all. Uh, uh, uh. Um... So that's but that's a whole year. That's yeah. a whole year's it's worth of three hundred and sixty-five carefully placed sniper farts yeah. at your discretion. Do I get to decide what the fart smells like? Can no. I? Can I like? Oh, I can't. Nope. Okay. It smells yeah. like your. It, no, I'll say this. It smells like your farts. Okay. But like your worst farts. Okay. I. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it lasts for how long? It lasts for one complete minute, uninterrupted, then disperses normally. Or I could. I could like. Essentially, scot-free kidnap Rush Limbaugh and then have a, a group of my closest friends 24 help. hours. He's in the dunk oh, tank. Oh, I'm going to have people that are all 24 Just hours. Just dunk him yeah. right in a bunch of bull semen. The, <laughs> that's the thing is you get to choose what it is, but you have yeah. to pick one. The greatest right. thing that cancer and ever did was fight Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> cancer scores one for the good guy. Here's, yeah, here's to you, cancer. <laughs> Let's drink to that cancer. <laughs> This is terrible. But the cancer. Yeah, yeah, you know what? I don't feel bad about Rush Limbaugh. I don't fucking no. care. I no. I, can, cancer's horrible, obviously, pretty universally, but am I going to feel bad when Rush Limbaugh kicks <gasps> off? Hell no. no. <laughs> Fuck no. No, I, I mean, what, like, this, you want the seat that's reserved for him in hell to get cold? <laughs> no. I no. want it to be really hot when yes. he goes there. I want it to be piping hot when he puts his little booty on it. Right. <laughs> a little, little booty. Pill-popping, hate-filled douchebag. <laughs> Pill-popping, no-left-ear-hearing piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking cancer happened. Also. <laughs> No, no. So, um, yeah, so that's but that's one day. Yeah. One tank. Now, as many people as you can get and everyone will. So here's an aside question. What's the worst fart you guys have ever had? Oh, dude. Do you remember what you (sighs) ate that warranted that fart? I don't know if I remember what I ate, but I remember how it made me feel. Okay. Bad. (laughs) (laughs) Really bad. Devil eggs and beer. Devil eggs and beer. That'll do it. Yeah, Yeah. I did. I was just gonna say, I think, it did. I think there was one day where I had, uh, where I had like breakfast sandwiches from Dunkin' Donuts like twice in a single day. Uh, <laughs> I relate to that so hard. <laughs> and 
and I just I I think I think this is uh, still when I was living in my my studio apartment. Yeah. And I, I remember like I remember I was I was playing I think I was playing God Hand actually on the PS2 and I ripped ass so hard that I just like I had to pause the game and set the controller down. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> And it was vile. Like, like a fart that makes you reckon with who you are. Yeah. Like, you remember you remember when I was still living there and that fucking sewage came up from my sink? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It smelled like that. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> there was a fucking used plastic fork that came up out of yeah. my drain oh. that wasn't mine. No. Yeah. It was Wait, out of the sink drain? Out of the sink drain. Yeah, it's because all the plumbing in our apartment complex is linked. So That's fucking yeah, it, it got Everything got backed up. And and just fucking sewage came up out of my sink trade mm. and the maintenance guy was real shitty about it. Yeah. <sighs> but, uh, but anyway, um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, no, I have had, I've had farts that like lowered my self esteem. <laughs> like, like, like it really like took me down a few pegs about like the quality of person. I think I am Yeah. now for, for as far as the placement of the fart, can it be anywhere I can imagine, anywhere I can see in line of sight? You, you get or, to sort of seek and scrub planet Earth and find your spot. Okay. Then I'm definitely picking the fart. Hmm. I think it's a really nice... I, I, I'm going to step in here. I'm going to... I'm going to... I don't normally do this, but I'm going to say, if I'm choosing, I think I'm going with the fart. Even though the Rush Limbaugh thing would be so satisfying. Yeah. Um... I feel like the fart is like it's a gift that continues to give like you could drop a fart in an elevator somewhere and make a whole bunch of people feel really poorly about themselves. Imagine doing it to the Pope. <laughs> the Pope. Oh, yeah. Right? Why not? Like right when he's out there giving the address to the, the, the St. Peter's Square yeah, right. or whatever. And yeah. You, he's standing there by the he, a breeze comes by and it brings a gnarly oh. fart to him. Oh, yeah. It'd be perfect. <laughs> just be just trying to go. Ah, <laughs> in the middle of that speech. I mean, the possibilities are so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like you could use you could use a fart to get out of something. <laughs> Donald Trump behind the the glass booth giving a speech, just <laughs> trapping in there. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, oh no. <laughs> Oh, God, what is this? <laughs> and I was there, and I smelled a fart, and, and it, it came out of so nowhere. Bad. It made me want to puke. It was disgusting. <laughs> and it wasn't my butt, and I don't know whose butt it was. There were no other butts nearby. Just, I couldn't track it down. Just right there in the Lincoln bedroom when Melania is pretending to enjoy sex with him. Yeah. I don't even think she does she that. She doesn't pretend. I don't even, I don't even I don't think, think they, they fake. I don't she, even think she, they fake it. Yeah, she's just probably laying there, like, just on her phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, daily, he's just, like, jerking off into a leftover Big Mac wrapper. <laughs> and then throwing it away in the normal trash. <coughs> like that's the kind of guy our president is. Where's my Big Mac wrapper? <laughs> oh no, I'm I not. have cubbies. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Ew! Ew! Call him the maid, Charlie. Well, Charlie, well, where's my Big Mac wrapper? Through this way. <laughs> Help, he's doing that like Help shaky me. hand thing. Oh, God, it's on the sheets. <laughs> I got it all over the cutlery. <laughs> Mike Pence's spidey sense goes off and he flees the building. It's, <laughs> uh, it's getting out over the red treaty. <laughs> uh, uh, do you guys have any more questions about these arrangements? <clears throat> I think, I think... Oh, fuck, this is hard. It's I think, only one day, but Rush Limbaugh would feel so good. <sighs> 
I can't. I don't. That's brand new <laughs> sentence. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with the fart too. I think it's just the opportunities are too numerous. Too numerous. Yeah. yeah. There's just too much fun that I can have with that. Yeah. Yeah. God. I mean, the thing is. It's anywhere in the world, so that means that, like, live events on television, you can go to them and then put a fart there, then come back and watch it play out. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, is the fart the same fart all the time? Is it the same? Is it, like, whatever? As long as it's whatever fart that I can choose. Hmm. I don't think you get to change the fart. Okay. I don't think you get to change the fart. I think it's the same stock nasty fart. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. then I got to go deviled eggs and beer. It's yeah. got to be. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. Deviled like, eggs but and like beer not fart. just like one or two deviled eggs. I'm talking like. <laughs> like a big jar. Like a big eggy fart. <laughs> <laughs> a big, like big, the, pickly, like eggy fart. Atmosphere of Venus level <laughs> fart. <laughs> Just like the fart that makes you question whether there's a leak. an old breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) The kind of thing that makes you like look in your like your cabinets to make sure there's not a leak. Yeah. Yeah. A a fart that a fart that by by the strictest terms violates the Geneva Conventions. (laughs) Yeah, right. Something that if you were to put it into a jar, you you could get arrested. (laughs) Yeah. Could be could be used. It could get you tried for a war crime. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Yeah, I'm going with the fart too. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So you, then it'll you, just lacerate your lungs. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, it like it's a chemical burn. Yeah. <laughs> Bonus points. Do you get to hear the fart on where like if you're watching it on TV? Ooh, you? hadn't thought about that. That's yeah. a good question. I'm gonna go. Huh? Half the fun of the fart is the sound it makes. I kind of want to say yes. You know what? Against my better judgment, I'm going to say yes. Yeah, then absolutely fart. Absolutely fart. It sounds like a big old hogged... (laughs) (laughs) Actually, no. That's the part you can decide what it sounds like. Oh, I can decide what it sounds like? Yeah, you get to decide. Whether it's like a a big old honking thing or like a little like a burp, you know. (laughs) Totally up to you. Anyway, did we all vote fart? Yeah, I think so. All right. Well, that's I. That might be the no. It's not the first unanimous one, but it's certainly the most <laughs> recent. <laughs> it's certainly the most recent. The Rush Limbaugh one's really tempting, but like, I don't know. Yeah. Being dunked in bull semen compared to cancer. I, I mean, cancer's pretty bad. I don't. We didn't even talk so about the I've things heard. you could dunk him in. We didn't even talk about it. Bull semen. <laughs> yeah, bull semen. Yeah, that's the only one. Yeah. Um, I really can't think of anything worse than bull semen. <laughs> but how about like a peppermint oil? Where it just burns his private Ooh. parts. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Pick him up and put him in it again. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Just, uh, um, uh, oh, oh, what about like pureed ghost pepper chilies? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I said anything. It's yeah. a li- it's got to be a liquid, more or less, but more or less. Yeah. More or less. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> wet, wet concrete. You get one dunk, <laughs> but you get but you get to record it on your phone. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think I'd rather watch cancer slowly eat his lifeless frame away. <laughs> That's so terrible. I hope it's lo- so it's terrible. lung cancer, right? Like because he's it's, like yeah, it's advanced lung cancer. cancer. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I don't. I, I'm sorry. I, do I don't. Feel, I feel I, a little bit bad. I, I don't. I don't feel bad for I him. I don't feel bad for him at all. I, I think. I think it's a really. I think it's a truth that not a lot of people are comfortable with admitting, but the world is definitely a better place without certain people. Oh, absolutely. The world yeah. is absolutely, absolutely a better place without certain people in it. 
and Rush it Limbaugh will be better is one without of those him. people. Yeah. yeah, it'll be a better place without him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There, there will be there will be others like him, but but to have him just gone is, is I think, a net benefit to society. Yeah, humani- yeah, humanity wins with less Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, just like when Anton and Scalia died. Yeah, that's Fuck the that thing guy. is when that happened. I think I posted something slightly racist about him yeah. and, and let it go. Would you call him a Dago or something? No, it's something about him crying into a bowl of pasta. <laughs> Claims to be pro-life, dies anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that wasn't when he died. That was when uh, that was that was when uh, gay marriage went through the Supreme Court. Oh, yeah. They they won. Yeah, fuck that guy. Oh fuck yeah, it. yeah, it's yeah. Cry, crying into a bowl of pasta. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel. I don't feel bad. I'm sorry. I don't feel bad for Rush Limbaugh. I, I don't. Maybe really I'm a bad either. person, but I don't care. No, like, he's he, no. He's yeah. he's built his he's built an entire career out of hatred. Also, I mean, defending the smoking lobby, which is really funny. <laughs> it's very ironic that he has lung cancer now because yeah. he spent his life defending cigarette companies, yeah. and smoking. And now he's dying, <laughs> smoking and drinking. Dying. You, you don't, you don't, I'm no scientist, but you don't suppose there's a connection, do you? No, 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 could no be. evidence. That's what the liberals want you to think, <laughs> yeah. and that's what they yeah, want get... to do with your tax dollar. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, yeah, cancer he's... is a liberal ag- part of the liberal agenda. Don't you remember Rush Limbaugh is smarter than all of us with one arm tied behind his back or something? Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, it's you know, half his brain tied behind his back. Yeah. He used to say that. <laughs> he used to say that. Oh god! You know what? The he's, wo- like, he's like every fucking fedora wearing neckbeard. He is. You, debate me. You know you don't debate me. That means I win automatically. <laughs> what a fucking cunt! <laughs> what an idiot! The world will be better uh, off without what a him. Dumb without him film. and his five chins. Yeah, what a fucking loser. <laughs> I like people who don't get cancer. <laughs> no. <laughs> what a loser. What a loser. And I loser. saw Rush Limbaugh. Huge loser, thought, Rush Limbaugh. This guy. Like, I'm going to go so far as to say, like, pundits in general are just, it's yeah. such a worthless job that oh, contributes yeah. nothing to society. Doesn't matter what side that you're on. <laughs> but if you're Rush Limbaugh, it's like 10 times worse. Yeah. A pundit is much like being a critic. Right. In, yeah, exactly. In that, in that the service you are providing to the world is not something, A, that people can't do themselves, and B, you're right. not an authority on. Yeah. Sure. You, yeah, you talk louder and, and uh, you know, yeah. maybe maybe blow a producer or two and you get on TV. <laughs> yeah, people... That's people, what Rush Limbaugh did. People, Pund- right, pundits yeah. are so worthless. They're, people gave them a, a megaphone and let them... It doesn't yeah. matter. And again, like... You're I, taking our oxygen right now. Let's not, let's not discriminate. <laughs> I mean, Rush Limbaugh maybe a little less because, are, of, you know, the lung cancer. There thing. are liberal pundits who are just as annoying. <laughs> oh, they are. Yeah, they're Oh, like, yeah. So I yeah, oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not denying that. Yeah. It's just pundits in general. Yeah. It, I have It's such a worthless profession. I guess it's also sort of bleeds into journalism, right? But I haven't yeah. I haven't read the Huffington Post since well, election day 2016. I, I know, but I would argue there's a difference between journalism and punditry. Yeah, yeah you know, it, it's that there's line. It's getting blurrier. That as line time is goes getting on. is getting more and more obscured. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's like journalism in quotes is what I'm talking about. You're, right. You know? Yeah, uh, pundits are essentially people that are paid to go on TV and shout their opinions very loudly at people that disagree with them. I just don't know what yeah. news source to follow anymore because I like I like the true neutral news source mm-hmm. and there isn't one. AP, right? Uh, you could do AP, you could do yeah. all right with NPR. And actually, I do think the, the, uh, the New York Times, while being the New York Times liberal, is close. They also they also back up their yeah, NPR. Failing New York Times. Failing New York Times. Doesn't Reuters have a good track record in neutrality, or am I imagining that? No, I, I don't mean, know. I have to look that up. Yeah, 
I mean, or is it Reuters? Reuters. 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 Yeah, okay. Reuters. I don't know. I have found I have found Bavarian names. Most of the time when I'm reading NPR, I'm getting you know primarily news, mm-hmm. as opposed to news with a whole lot of opinion interjected. Yeah, the New York Times is guilty of that. There, you know, all of their news pieces are still news and commentary pieces. The American sure. public is stupid, and they like sensationalism and loud things. Yeah. You know, they, you know, ask, I don't. I like, I like, ask, I want to know. Yeah, I like boring, quiet but like, things. You know, yeah. Ask, well, yeah. Ask the person. You know, ask the average American what they think of NPR or C-SPAN. And they'll be, and they'll be like, oh, where, you know, where's all the graphics? <laughs> I actually like C-SPAN. I'm the only fucking weirdo who what like likes watching C-SPAN. Oh, my mom used to watch C-SPAN yeah. all the time. It's super important. That's mm-hmm. just the most boring fucking thing ever and nobody wants to pay attention it's to it. It's a meeting. Yeah. C-span it's a meeting you didn't have dark. to go to. Right. C-SPAN after, after dark. That was a, uh, in the Onion book, wasn't it? I believe so, yeah. It's I was, like I was gonna say, I, I know I, shirts off. Yeah, I know I plagiarized that from somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, C-SPAN after hours or, or yeah, C-SPAN. Uh, <laughs> C-SPAN. Uh, too hot for TV. Yeah. <laughs> C-SPAN gone wild. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, why don't we move on to our topic? You guys do we do have to? We don't. No. Okay. We can <laughs> just we'll stop good. now. So anyway, we'll see you next week with smoking <laughs> and dying. Yeah. Dying. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's that's uh, Rush Limbaugh's new show, smoking and dying. You gotta stop. <laughs> I don't have to stop. You don't have. To I don't. Stop. Ha- I don't have to stop. He's gonna. He'd be like, it's, <sighs> it's gonna happen. I'm gonna tiptoe all over his grave. Yeah. I'll do like a like a one of those nights where I like uh, dance around and howl at the moon. Yeah. Right. <laughs> one of those normal nights that you have. Remember when Bill O'Reilly got fired and that was enough oh, of a yeah. reason for us to party? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. We had Irish that was train. A fun wrecks. night. <laughs> that's right. That was we, a fun night. We took an Irish car bomb and renamed it an Irish train wreck in, or, in honor of uh, in honor of Bill O'Reilly. Oh, yeah. that stupid piece of shit. Yeah. And you haven't heard Irish that train wreck thing namesake. Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> he hasn't he hasn't been in the public eye since. Right. I mean, he's still got a show. It's just his show. Yeah, just nobody gives a fuck about it. Now. <laughs> no one gives a fuck. Isn't it great? It is. You great. haven't had to read anything that he said in the last three years. Oh, it was so it was so funny because uh, uh, I told you I'm watching the uh, the Iron Man movies or uh, Iron Man, the Marvel movies in order. Yeah. Um, and it, I think it was in Iron Man 2. There's a there's a. Uh, segment with Bill O'Reilly on the TV talking about like, can we really trust this billionaire flying around in a power suit to, you know, keep our country safe? It's hilarious. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, boy, he, that's aged well. Even in a fantasy timeline, <laughs> Bill O'Reilly is the shittiest person there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. All right. Well, let's move on here. Let's talk about our, our topic, which, as uh, the listener already knows, because they can read, is poetry. Yes, um, which is something we that told them we, last week and too. the week before. Yeah, yeah. we t- t- teased it first. Yeah, we. Yeah. yeah, you already know what it is. You already know another one. Another, another one. Another one. So let me start. DJ Khaled, poet of our times. Let me introduce uh. this topic uh, in as much as to say that we uh, we all are uh, gentlemen of poetry. Yes, we are all Kinda. people who like you got, poetry. You guys are more poetry minded than I, I I'm not sure that I, I am I was only ever I only ever like hung out around the English department I was a psych major you were yeah. that's right I, but you know, like you, you yeah, were, but you partied with the English department. Which I did party with the English department. <laughs> Good enough, because we had better parties. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we all brought in 
what, three to five poems? Yeah, I, I think I have four here that I feel comfortable I've, reading. I've got, might, I've got five and then one that makes me laugh. Oh, mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. Uh, we might not get to them all, but I yeah, just thought right, it'd just, be nice to, for us to read our favorite uh, poems we could dig up, or even if they're not our favorite, just poems that spoke to us in the 10 minutes we did the research to do this show. Yeah, right? sure. <laughs> I just, I, well, I, like, I just thought up a couple that I, I know were my favorite. I yeah. could not dig up Corey Johnson sleeping in the slaughterhouse. Oh, really? Um, oh. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I'll, if I find it, if I find it, uh, or I get, uh, if I could, uh, if remember to message Corey, I'll, I'll uh, recite it for you guys later. Yeah, we can always do it again. On a yeah, right. In fact, it's our yeah. show, whatever. <laughs> yeah, so if I can. Do it. Um, yeah, but we have a couple of them. I figured we uh, we could talk a little bit about, like, yeah, music counts as poetry, too. So why don't you going to bore the shit out of you with, like, dumb English major shit? So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. And now oh, what if, follows is all of Robert Frost's <laughs> poems in order. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, if 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 music counts, then I I have one more I'm going to add to my list because I <laughs> I I consider it an epic poem um, uh, in the modern format. Oh shit! I'm okay. actually kind of curious what your funny one is, and I almost feel like it might be a good open. I but maybe a, maybe I have, not. I maybe we save it too. Actually, maybe we save it the funny ones to cleanse the palate. I don't oh, know. Okay. What do you think? You want to do that? I what, I have a funny one too. Whichever way you you think, I've got the the poems I like are either really sad or really triumphant. It, 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 there's no yeah. in between. That makes sense. <laughs> I mean, poetry is a you know about a lot of times some very intense feelings, right? Yeah. Well, so. uh, I can open with you, my funny one if you want to do your funny one to cleanse our palate. Okay. All right. Okay. Maybe I'll find the. There's one in here that's vaguely funny. Yeah, I guarantee you'll know my funny one. Uh, so so it'll be a good one. To I'll, I'll, I'll open up with a poem by, by a poet named Julie Sheehan. Hmm. Um, this poem is called Hate Poem, and it's actually I think a poem that, if I remember correctly, your dad showed me, um, which is you know pretty cool actually. <laughs> yeah, full circle cool. here. So this is called Hate Poem by Julie Sheehan. I hate you, truly, truly I do. Everything about me hates everything about you. <laughs> the flick of my wrist hates you. The way I hold my pencil hates you. The sound made by my tiniest bones where they trapped in the jaws of a moray eel hates you. <laughs> Each corpuscle singing in its capillary hates you. Look out! Four! I hate you. <laughs> the blue-green jewel of Socklint I'm digging from under my third toenail, left foot, hates you. The history of this keychain hates you. My sigh in the background as you explain relational databases hates you. <laughs> <laughs> the goldfish of my genius hates you. My aorta hates you. Also my ancestors. A closed window is both a closed window and an obvious symbol of how I hate you. <laughs> my voice, curt as a hair shirt, hate. My hesitation when you invite me for a drive, hate. My pleasant good morning, hate. You know when I'm sleepy and I nuzzle my head under your arm? Hate. <laughs> the whites of my target eyes articulate hate. My wit practices it. My breasts relaxing in their hol- holster uh, from morning to night hate you. <laughs> Layers of hate. A parfait. <laughs> Hours after our latest row, brandishing the sharp glee of hate, I dissect you cell by cell so that I might hate each one individually and at leisure. My lungs, duplicitous twins, expand with the utter validity of my hate, which can never have enough of you, breathlessly, like two idealists in a broken submarine. Tell us how you really feel. 
Um, I, you know, that's hilarious, but it's also a little sad. I mean, yeah. you, you get this revelation that yeah. that this is a very intimate relationship that is this driven by hate. Yeah, right. Well, I, I think that in a lot of ways. Hate is just as intimate as love. So <laughs> one so. of the cool things about poetry, I think, is you kind of take it the way that you want to take it. There's yeah. not there's nothing really to understand. Mm-hmm. And the way that I take that is it's just a normal relationship. <laughs> it's all the dumb little shit that your significant other does that you just yeah, I, I fucking can't stand you, but you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Um, so that's how I always this took that This is the poem. hate that wishes to separate exactly. Correct. It's just it's yeah. the little things about you that I dislike that, you know what I mean? Yeah. That you just you, you deal with. Cause, the way you know, I always play lit lizards on the Chromecast. <laughs> right. Right. That kind of hate <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's funny yeah. i love that who wrote like that again? Uh, julie sheehan is the name of the poet it's, it's a newer poem it's a uh, uh younger poet nice. um so it's a little more recent i actually uh ben's dad um is the one who showed me that poem nice. years and years ago hmm. um yeah i love that it's 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 nice there's some really good uh lines in there i'm a big fan of like crazy crazy description yeah right um i think we talked about it before like a lot of poetry is finding a new way to explain something yeah um it's playfulness with language that results in things you never could have thought of right i think my favorite line in that is a closed window is both a closed window and an obvious symbol of how i hate you obvious symbol (laughs) see that for me is the the word right it's it's Obvious, An obvious symbol. symbol. Clearly, um, you must know by it how much I hate you. There's so many. There's so many good little, you know, doodads in there. That I, I love don't. that. It's really cute, right? It's yeah. just a, a fun little, you know, jaunty <laughs> one. So we'll open up with that before we get into the fucking yeah, right. Something the, a little bit lighthearted. Here, huh? <laughs> the the miserable, sad train <laughs> of what we're about to what we're about to do here. Uh, I am. You know what? I'll read one here if you don't mind. It's not exactly quite as funny, That's okay. but it is an interesting and kind of lighthearted poem. Um, I don't know that I fully understand it, but I don't care. It doesn't matter. Um, you don't necessarily have to. That's, yeah. that's yeah, right. what's great about art. I'm pretty sure that this poem was presented to me by... Um, Just has to make you feel Dr. Something. Greenway. This, oh, okay. This might be one that he pointed in my direction. I can't really remember where I first saw <coughs> it. Um, it is called Refrigerator 1957. Okay. <laughs> Does this ring a bell? No. No. By a guy named Thomas Lux. <clears throat> All right. More like a vault, you pull the handle out, and on the shelves, not a lot. And what there is, a boiled potato in a bag, a chicken carcass under foil, looking dispirited, drained, mugged. This is not a place to go in hope or hunger, but just to the right of the middle of the middle door shelf, on fire, a lit from within red, heart red, sexual red, wet neon red, shining red in their liquid, exotic, aloof, slumming in such company, a jar of maraschino cherries. <laughs> Three quarters full, fiery globes like strippers at a church social. <laughs> maraschino cherries, maraschino, the only foreign word I knew. <laughs> Not once did I see these cherries employed. Not in a drink. Not on top of a glob of ice cream or just pop one in your mouth. Not once. The same jar there through an entire childhood of dull dinners, bald meat, pocked peas, and see above boiled potatoes. <laughs> Maybe they came over from the old country, family heirlooms, or were status symbols brought with a piece of the first or bought with a piece of the first paycheck from a sweatshop, which beat the pig farm in Bohemia, handed down from my grandparents to my parents to someday 
be to be someday mine, then my child's. They were beautiful. And if I never ate one, it was because I knew it might be missed or because I knew it would not be replaced. And because you do not eat that which rips your heart with joy. Aww. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like poems that start very obscure and silly and then get to the point. You know what I mean? <laughs> By the time you hit the end of it, you, you, get to, you get to the point. You know what I mean? You know what I think my favorite part about that? Well, there's a lot of things I like yeah. about that poem. One of the things I love about it is I feel like everyone has that jar yeah, of cherries. Yeah, sure, right. Absolutely. Like the my fucking, dad sure does. The maraschino <laughs> cherries that sit there and you almost never take one. And at some point you won't take one, but right. you can't throw them away. There's something about right. them that just belongs in your fucking fridge. Maybe I'll make a Manhattan one day. I don't Maybe. know. Maybe you will. Maybe someday you'll be you'll make an ice cream cone and you'll go, I want to put a fucking cherry on That's right. <laughs> but you won't. Yeah. <laughs> you won't do it. <laughs> and they've been there forever and you just you can't bring yourself to get rid of them. I mean, I kind of think that that's something I relate to. I like that. Yeah. Not bad, right? Yeah. Was it Thomas Lux? Thomas Lux. Refrigerator, 1957. 1957. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's just a that's just a great uh it's a great vivid painting of home. Yeah. Just in all, all the things you love about home. Yeah. And the, for some reason that just, it does, it does. I get the comparison of like strippers at church or whatever. Yeah, like, right. like these maraschino cherries that are way too delightful to be in this glum fridge. Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I like that one a lot. And it's fun to read too. It's a lot yeah, it's fun yeah. to read that. That's one. another fun part about poetry. I think is the ability to like recite it or read it. And, yeah, and how everybody has kind of a different interpretation of that. Like the 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 if you read the way that people structure it, they kind of give you some guidance as yeah to how you're supposed to read it. It helps you kind of pace yourself through the poem. Yeah, but you know. Everybody kind of has their own cadence that they like to go through, so. You know, it's like anything else. It's meant to be riffed. It's yeah, like right. Meant to, it's meant to be owned by its audience and interpreted in that in their own way, I think. Yeah, I, I like that. I like I like how that starts, you know, <laughs> obscure and then gets to the point very quickly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I love the idea of of cherries as an heirloom that are handed yeah. down because <laughs> yeah, right. no one can finish them. The only <laughs> the only exotic word I know. Yeah, right. The only foreign, foreign word I word. do. Yeah, maraschino. Maraschino. <laughs> uh, ben, you got, you got a, one that, for uh, us? this other funny one, huh? A funny one. Yeah. You know what? Let me uh, let me another do that. One. Another, another one. Another one. Another um, one before we get really weepy and sad. Oh, it's gonna here. get sad. Oh, it's yeah. gonna get sad real quick. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's gonna get rough. It's gonna get rough. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see how much of this <laughs> before before we fucking break down like yeah. babies and cry. Yeah. Um, hopefully this is interesting to anybody else except us, but I'm really excited about the thing this topic. is I hope it is, but I don't need it to be. No, I don't either. I'm, I'm actually really excited about this topic because yeah. I get to read these. So poetry used to be a really big part of my life. Me too. Yeah. So this is an excerpt uh, from a longer poem. Uh, by famed poet Theodore Geisel. Oh, okay. Uh, who we may know better as Dr. Seuss. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I recognize that name, but why? I'm always, I've always been a fan. I've always been a big fan of wordplay mm -hmm. and just, I don't know, things that are fun to speak. Yeah, right. Yeah. Are, are really fun to me. That's why, I mean, it's, you know, explains my predilection for puns, I suppose. Yeah, that's true. Um, but also any anything with alliteration or, or you know, things that bounce around. Sure, really sure. Like. Very well then, Mr. Knox, sir. Let's have a little talk about Tweedle Beetles. 
What do you know about Tweedlebeetles? Well, when Tweedlebeetles fight, it's called a Tweedlebeetle battle. And when they battle in a puddle, it's a Tweedlebeetle puddle battle. And when Tweedlebeetles battle with paddles in a puddle, they call it a Tweedlebeetle puddle paddle battle. Mr. And Fox, sir. <laughs> Mr. Fox, sir. And when beetles battle beetles in a puddle paddle battle, and the beetle battle puddle is a puddle in a bottle, they call this a Tweedlebeetle bottle puddle paddle bottle muddle. <laughs> no, read that again. <laughs> they call this a Tweedlebeetle bottle puddle paddle battle muddle. And... When beetles fight these battles in a bottle with their paddles and the bottles on a poodle and the poodles eating noodles, noodles right. they call this a muddle puddle tweedle poodle beetle noodle bottle paddle battle. Yep. <laughs> Mr. Fox, sir. Now, wait a minute, Mr. Sox Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Just something, something fun. What, to what is that called? That's from Fox and Sox. Fox and Sox. So, OK, <laughs> funny story about that book. I'm really glad that you brought that here. <laughs> Uh, that was my favorite book when I was a kid. Really? My favorite book. Oh. Absolute favorite book. And it was my favorite book because I got to make all the adults in my life read it to me <laughs> and watch them <laughs> stumble, stumble it. over it. <laughs> and there's a story that my mother told me years later. Uh, my, I was uh, like taking a nap. I used to go over there uh, when my mom and dad were at work and then my mom would come and pick me up after she got out of work. <laughs> Because my grandparents were both retired, so I would be at my grandparents' house. Yeah. And I remember she told me a story. I was in the other room, and she came home from work one day to pick me up, and my grandpa was sitting at, at his normal seat at the kitchen table with that book kind of, like, <laughs> folded in his hands <laughs> like, like this. Practicing? Like, what? And, she, and he's like, sit down. <laughs> and she sits down at the table, and she's like, what? And he's like, I need you to take this away from this house. It's like, <laughs> I can't. Do it anymore. <laughs> I can't. I you can't must destroy it. I can't read this anymore. I don't care what you do with it. But the evil please get must it. be sealed. You please must get take it out of Mount here. Doom. So he he like made my mom take that book home so he never had to read it or look at it ever again. So funny. Yeah. You insisted on it. Huh? I, yeah, I was really sad, but like I, I get it because I would I would make them read it over and over again. Because yeah. it was just so funny to me to hear people stumble over this. But I'm super glad you read Fox and Sock. Because I fucking <laughs> I did not. I did. I, you know, the thing is, I don't think I actually read it. I've heard that before, I feel like, but I don't think I actually read the book. <laughs> I still have. It. I still have it. it it's yeah. like it was still one of my favorite books. It was so good when you when you're a kid. That's like, yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> sure. it's, you know, my favorite Dr. Seuss when I was a kid was uh, Bears on Wheels. Oh, yeah. That, I have Bears on that Wheels. used to crack me up. Bears I liked wheels. what was the one? It's there's a walket in my pocket. There's a walket in my pocket. Yeah. There's a walket in my pocket. There's but the the one I never forget was the Zare beneath the stair. Yes. I wish he wasn't there. Ooh. It was like a creepy monstery guy underneath <laughs> the stairs. That was a really silly. I love Doctor Seuss. Yeah. Wow. Ugh. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> not bad. I'm trying to think about uh, if there's a if uh, if I have anything that naturally follows that, and. I might have one mm. that's a half decent follow up, um, which is a poem that's about the meaning of words. OK. Um, and this is the this is the one uh, I was talking to you about, uh, uh, Dr. Carmen Leone. Or was he? A I don't know if he had a doctorate. He's Carmen Leone. He was a professor at YSU. I assume he had a doctorate um, that taught a creative nonfiction course that I was in. And this is another one of the. A bunch of these are poems that I, uh, that we published in the Jenny magazine. So mm. this is one of his. Chris, do you remember uh, Dr. Carmen Leone? I think he was a doctor. Yeah. 
Uh, he talked creative nonfiction. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> so he wrote this poem, which is called Vermilion. Mm-hmm. And oh, we, I, we published this one in the Jenny. I remember this. Uh, I really like this one. And uh, I don't know if it, I think it kind of naturally follows that one in some sense. So let me read this. Again, Vermilion by Carmen Leone. Vermilion. Whatever it means, how could you not love its squirming sounds? The only place I've seen it used in context is in a poem by Gerard Manley Hopkins, so I still don't know what it means. He speaks of a falcon swooping, and this reminds him of embers that, quote, fall, gall themselves, and gash gold vermilion, end quote. Vermilion, then, is something that can be gashed, something that can be gold. I could look it up. But what if it doesn't mean a million tiny worms? I picture them in a bowl, (laughs) twisted and tangled like thin spaghetti with bright red sauce. If sprinkled with tiny cellos instead of cheese, they become vermicelli. (laughs) Don't, please don't look it up. Or if you do, don't tell me what you find. Or the word will be nothing more than a city southwest of Cleveland. It will no longer squirm in my concave bowl of a brain. Making me happy is Sunday dinner. <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah, I love that poem. I always love that poem. A poem about <clears throat> the musicality of language, right? right. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, I think that's the connection to... Definitely. To your poem is there's there is something about language that is just plain fun. Yeah. And it mm-hmm. can be demystified, and maybe that's not half as much fun as just letting it float around in your head meaning something that it means right. only to you. Right. You know, yeah, I like that. It's really cute. I, I remember <laughs> um, reading that. That was that's an early Jenny publication, right? It's back there. Yeah. I think it's, it might be four or five. Yeah, that's that's way way back there. It's pretty far yeah. back. Um, I remember um, uh, one of my intro classes was with Dr. Snyderman, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, to convey the the idea of like you know how how words are kind of inherently meaningless and what we ascribe to them is what matters. Yeah. Uh, he read Jabberwocky, oh, which yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. you know, ne- has never had inherent meaning to it. Um, <laughs> but it does sort of feel like it means something as you read it. Right. It, it's something is Vorpal blade went snicker snack. <laughs> right. Like whatever it is, there's something kind of vaguely real about it. Yeah. It sounds like other things and it, Conjures up. Yeah. Know. Kalu Kale Ofrab just day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I think uh, I think it's your turn, Chris. Shall we get serious? It might be about that time. Oh god. Let's All right. get dangerous. I'm gonna try and be I'm gonna try and be not weeby when I read this because this one for some reason, something about this poem elicits something really deep in my heart that I, I can't No, no, that's I, I get put it. into words. I but, I completely get it, Posey. Um, <laughs> you fucking huge bitch. Um, I'm actually, I'm actually normally, I'm, <clears throat> this is, this is weird because you, you'd be like, uh, normally I'm really, I'd be happy to hear this, but this is a poem that I, I uh, recently, I guess, got a lot of uh, traction on Tumblr. Um, oh, okay. But it's a poem that I read way back in college, and it's something that I kind of sort of fell in love with. Okay. Uh, and I'm always mad when somebody else discovers something that oh. I, you know what I mean? <laughs> something like this where it feels like you own it. Where it's, right, you know, but yeah. um, but I, you know, it's something that it, I, I think you'll get it, when, it you know, when, when you hear it. it um, yeah. Uh, it's a poem by Laura Gilpin. It's called The Two-Headed Calf, and I'm going to try and not weep like a baby when I read this. Okay. okay. So, um. 
Tomorrow when the farm boys find this freak of nature, they will wrap his body in newspaper and carry him to the museum. But tonight, he's alive and in the north field with his mother. It's a perfect summer evening. The moon... Oh, God. I'm sorry. (laughs) You're already Um, there. uh, The moon rising over the orchard, the wind in the grass, and as he stares into the sky, there are twice as many stars as usual. Oh, I remember remember that poem. I don't remember where I heard it, but I know that poem. Yeah, that's that's very sad. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. Woo. Oh, Oh, my God. Sorry. Got to recompose myself (laughs) after that. I Um, I wonder (laughs) how you how that poem makes you feel if you were to describe it in words, what it is that you I can't from it. I can't. It's just it's just an emotion that I understand somewhere. Yeah. Um, I read that it was it was poem of the day on Poetry Foundation in 2010. Yeah. One day when I took like my first or second poetry class in college. And I like um, I uh, I think Dr. Greenway actually was like, go check out Poetry Foundation, you know, and if you want to because there's tons of free poems that are just there online and they always did a poem of the day. And that was one of them. And it just always. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Something about it. Just I mean, like, is it that it's something special that it's like going to be. <sighs> squandered i don't even i don't even know it's just uh, like something that doesn't deserve to be destroyed something no it's i don't know it's just something about the the outside world bastardizing something you know what i mean yeah that doesn't right the forces of the world realize that to, it, i don't know it's 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 not a, it's not a feeling i can put into words it's yeah. just um which i think is why I, I love it so much is because it's just it's something that I, I can't quite put my finger on, but I understand. Yeah. Um, and it just, it gets me every fucking time. The first time I read the poem, I was like, uh, I think in a computer lab somewhere on yeah. YSU's campus. Probably in the like, basement of DeBartlow. Yeah. Or, uh, or um, yeah. De- DeBartlow? Yeah. Is that what I'm thinking of? I can't even remember. I, yeah. Or Kushwa somewhere. Yeah. I was trying trying not to cry in a room full of people the first time I read it. So it like, it just, it gets me. Like right between the the eyes every time I, I read it, yeah. and now I'm gonna put it away so I don't think about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna stuff that feeling way, <laughs> push down. that one way away. Yeah, um, sorry, I didn't mean to get really real. <laughs> no, here. this is what um, this is for. Uh, but yeah, that just I don't know something I can't I can't even tell you I can't even pinpoint what it is about it that just uh, gets to me. It just does somewhere. Yeah. Um, Ooh, sorry. Wow. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. The, kind of the longer I ruminate on it, the idea that there are twice as many stars as usual. That's. I mean, really. Ah, uh, ruminate. I see what you did there. Yeah. What? <laughs> because that's what cows. That's what it's called when cows chew their cud. It's ruminating. ruminating. Is that what that yeah. is? Yeah. I didn't realize that. <laughs> <laughs> ben, you got a. You got one that's. Uh, that uh, follows that naturally in any way or something that meets tonally with that? <laughs> I think so. Okay. I, I think so. Um, this is one that uh, uh, an excerpt of which was posted in uh, my company's radio station for a while. Um, oh, okay. Uh, my boss, Jimmy, is a very uh, avid poetry buff. And, uh, you know, I... I I don't keep up with modern poetry, unfortunately, and and it's something I probably should do. Yeah, I don't uh, do as much as I should either. The other the other poems you're going to hear from me are are classical and and stuff that you guys certainly know. <laughs> but um, this one uh this one stuck with me uh for some reason. It's called uh, "Ode to the Yard Sale" by Gary Soto. Okay. 
A toaster, a plate of pennies, a plastic rose staring up to the sky. It's Saturday, and two friends, merchants of the salvageable heart, are throwing things onto the front lawn. A couch, a beanbag, a table to clip poodles on, drawers of potato mashers, spoons, knives that signaled to the moon for help. Rent is due. It's somewhere on the lawn, somewhere among the shirts we've looked good in, taken off before we snuggled up to breasts that almost made us gods. It'll be a good day, because there's much to sell, and the pitcher of water, blue in the shade, clear in the light, with the much-handled scotch, the color of leaves falling at our shoes, will get us through the afternoon rush of old ladies, young women on their way to becoming nurses, bachelors of the twice-dipped tea bag. It's an eager day, wind in the trees, laughter of children behind fences. Surely people will arrive with handbags and wallets to open up coffee pots and look in, weigh pans in each hand and prop hats on their heads and ask, how do I look? Foolish to most, beautiful to us. And so they come, poking at the clothes, lifting salt and pepper shakers for their tiny music, thumbing through old magazines for someone they know, as we sit with our drinks and grow sad that the ashtray has been sold. A lamp, a pillow, the fry pans that were action-packed when we cooked. Those things we threw so much love on, day after day. Surely, sure they would mean something when it came to this. Oh, wow. Yeah. That, it really... <laughs> I like that poem a lot. Yeah, I do too. Like There's something lot. kind of really sad about a yard sale. Who wrote that? Yeah, uh, Gary Soto. Gary Soto. There is something about that. Like, you know, I don't know. That it might also be just the kind of person I am, but I don't really like to get rid of anything. I yeah. <laughs> I, and I, I, I attach significance to things that maybe don't even necessarily warrant them. Yeah, and I think I think that's uh, I think that's one of the things that really strikes me about this poem is is just like it's it's unapologetically May, not materialistic, but 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 it you know recognizes the sentimental value in yeah. you know the material things and and the uh, you know this know, stuff just, is not just stuff. Just, it's memories. Yeah, it's right. part of a story of two people. Right. And the idea that when it came to this, when it when it came to rent is due, yeah, that those pieces felt like they maybe had earned a stay. Yeah, yeah. That's a sad thought, isn't it? Yeah, especially yeah, if you're a hoarder. <laughs> yeah, no, well, that's I, kind of the thing. I, I, I get it. Yeah, I absolutely understand that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, definitely, it definitely uh, uh, struck me. Um, especially, especially the part about uh, 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 what was it? Uh, 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 nuzzling up to breasts that almost made us gods. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good line. Yeah, that's a good line. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's a fantastic um, poem. But yeah, like I said, there uh, there is an excerpt of that posted in the radio room for the longest time. Oh and yeah, it kept catching my eye until I decided to look up the full thing. For the longest time, I thought that was the full thing, and I, and I you know, I decided to look it up. Oh, so you, for a while you thought you knew the whole poem, and then you realized you were just reading an excerpt of the yeah, poem. For for a while, it was rent is due up through the gods line. Oh um, yeah. And then, uh, and then I decided to look it up, and it was, you know, a whole poem. Yeah, yeah, like four times longer. <laughs> That's cool. I like that one. It's a good one. Uh, like, I, like I said, Jimmy's Jimmy's much more into poetry than I am. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good uh, that's a good selection. 
<laughs> I like that one. I'm trying to think if I have something that I should follow you with, or maybe, Chris, if you have something that you feel like you should follow with. Uh, yeah, I have one I can read for you. Uh, this was, uh, when I was younger, this was my favorite poem. Okay. Um, I did include my favorite poem in here. I'm, I'm going to read that one last. Okay. Um, but, yeah, this was one of my favorite poems when I was younger. When I was first getting into poetry, uh, I think when you're kind of like, you fancy yourself kind of like a hip dude, one of the first poets that uh, you should look at is E.E. E. Cummings. Yep. Because he's just... He's, it's, it's the hip poetry. It's the hip poetry, dude. That's yeah. what, that's he what drives you in. doesn't capitalize anything. No, it's also it's, still good. It's also uh, still good. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely... That's that's the key <laughs> thing. Is like he doesn't... He's like not the traditional, you know, not your fucking high school poet, you know, English class poetry. Yeah. It's like he, you know, he yeah. writes natural poetry, yeah. but it's like kind of sort of hip and it's, and it's still good. So, yeah. um, and he also famously didn't really title anything. Um, oh, I don't feel like I realized that. Yeah. He doesn't really title anything. Most of the poems that he has uh, named that are tight, like the, you see the names of are just like the first line of the poem. Basically, okay. Um, so this is one from Chimneys, which is uh, one of my favorite poetry collections. If you ever get a chance, okay. you should pick up that uh, softback book for like six bucks at Barnes and Noble because it's really good. There's Chim lots of chimney, cool. chim chimney. You know what I like to do is order books on Amazon that are used books mm -hmm. from booksellers that are like clearly all like all booksellers. Yeah, you mm. can get a lot of this stuff for like, oh, like dirt cheap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so this one, um, Chim Chim Cheru. Uh, <laughs> I was like, Chim shit, I cut him off right in the middle of, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. you knew I was going to finish. Um, <laughs> yeah, so this is from Chimneys. Um, uh, oh, Morty. <laughs> really, set uh, the, really set the tone, boys. This is what he had in mind. <laughs> Uh, oh god! Three fat men burping in a basement is what E.E. E. Cummings had in mind. Sure. Uh, so yeah, uh, there's not really a title for this, so I'll just read the goddamn thing. Yeah, right. Kitty, sixteen, five one, white, prostitute, ducking always the touch of must and shall, whose slippery body is death's littlest pal, skilled in quick softness, unspontaneous, cute. The signal perfume of whose unrepute focuses in the sweet, slow animal, bottomless eyes, importantly banal. Kitty, a whore, 16. You corking brute amused from time to time by clever drolls, fearsomely, who do keep their Sunday flower. The baby-breasted broad kitty, twice eight. Beer nothing, the lady'll have a whiskey sour. Whose least amazing smile is the most great common divisor of unequal souls. Oh my god! I almost feel like I need you to read that again. <laughs> yeah, so that's a that's you know a what? that's a thing with uh, set aside the pederasty and have you read that to me one more time. <laughs> so that's the thing with Cummings poetry is it's a lot of run on kind of you know yeah. what I mean, a lot of run on sentences, a lot of just you know. details layered on each other to form this like kind of disjoint picture. You right? Yeah, it's trying to paint a portrait to you basically with right. these like quick. Yeah snippets of what could have been sentences. You want me to read it again? Could you please? Sure. Thank you. Kitty 1651 white prostitute ducking always the touch of must and shall whose slippery body is death's littlest pal skilled in quick softness unspontaneous cute the signal perfume of whose unrepute focuses in the sweet slow animal bottomless eyes importantly banal kitty a whore. Sixteen. You corking brute. Amused from time to time by clever drolls. Fearsomely who do keep their Sunday flower. The baby-breasted broad kitty twice eight. 
Fear nothing, the lady will have a whiskey sour, whose least amazing smile is the most great common divisor of unequal souls. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out if I can parse that or not. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's, I think reading him can be really difficult. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough yeah. read, which is why I think when you're first like getting into poetry, well, mm-hmm. like that's what drew me to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Cause you, it, it's the, it's not the shit that you read, at, you know, at every point interval of your life up to that, you know yeah, what I mean? Right. Like it's, it, it's not the, the textbook kind of shit. It's, yeah. it's a little bit of a, a shock to the system in a few ways. Yeah. Um, challenging your abilities to, to sort of. Uh, take some of those really complicated ideas and suss them out. I mean, like yeah. I, I haven't had enough time with that piece yet to really feel like I understand it. It's, it, it mm-hmm. it's which is okay, I think. I think it, it, the thing with that is, it, it, it's 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 a little easier to do it justice when you read it. You know what I mean? Yeah. He uh, also plays with space on the page, which is like correct. kind of important. Yeah, yeah it's really really important. So when yeah. you when you actually see it laid out on the page, um. It's really clever because you kind of you kind of it paints the picture for you. Mm-hmm. Reading it is tough, um, yeah. and, and that's on purpose. I think I think that's done kind of deliberately to let you, you know, ruminate in your own vocalization of it in your head. Yeah. Um, well, if art is meant to evoke something, an incomplete picture can be better than a complete one. Correct. Right. Yeah. Which is it's the a, idea behind a lot sure. of his poetry. Yeah. Um, I I really enjoy that poem. It's very odd. It's It's very hard. It's it's a little uncomfortable. It's supposed to be. Um, Or at least I think it's supposed to be. Yeah. It's It's definitely supposed to be. Um, Yeah. I I don't think he's trying to put you in a good place mentally when you you read it. I don't think Um, that you're supposed to feel... (laughs) Like, super comfortable with... The girl will have a whiskey sour. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's interesting. That's what is I that, mean. Is, is and the, yeah, that's that's said as if she's being ordered for right. Candy is dandy, but liquor is quicker. Correct. Right. <laughs> Some the, the like someone who's not just young, but someone who's experienced. Is yeah. That, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like weird. this kind of skeevy idea is kind of what he's going for. Yeah. yeah. Um. But something about the, the first time I read that poem, the first time I read chimneys, just in general, mm-hmm. um, which again is like my favorite. You can buy it as a little chat book. Yeah. Um, it was one of my favorite collections of poetry. Um, it, it, you know, it, it kind of sparks your creativity for writing when you when you're into poetry. That was, was one of the things that initially got me into it. What, yeah. was, what was that last line? Her her least exciting smile is the biggest divisor of um, unequal of unequal souls? minds of souls. souls souls, which which almost seems like her connoisseurs yeah can pick up her genuineness, which is even Mm -hmm. more disturbing. Yes. In a way. Oh God. That's a line I wasn't understanding. And now that you say that it's, it's even weirder. Whose least amazing smile is the most great common divisor of the unequal souls. Boy, I feel like I could chew on that for a week. Yeah. That's a, that involves math, and I'm not. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, which, I'm a numerator man. I don't really understand. <laughs> you just nailed a whole bunch of E.E. E. Cummings poetry right there, kind of like <laughs> which which calls back to uh, how he refers to her as twice eight at the, one point. The baby-breasted yeah. broad kitty, twice eight. Yeah, that really, honestly, that line is uncomfortable too. Yeah, that's <laughs> a baby-breasted broad kitty, twice eight. Yeah, to, like that's that's just more to remind a, you, <laughs> just to remind you, yeah, right. that, she's not that old. Yeah. She's right. just two eight-year-olds in a trench coat stacked. <laughs> On top of each right. other. Two exactly. eight-year-old prostitutes in a trench coat. <laughs> oh my uh, gosh. 
I fucking weird. No, I love uh, that. I love that poem. It's not supposed to make you feel good. No, you know what? Uh, I'm really glad you read that one. Uh, it's not it's supposed to make you, you feel good. Yeah, it's one. It's in a lot of his poetry is like that. There's yeah. only one that I can think of uh, that's more tradition. There's only one E. e. Cummings poem I can think of that's really like a traditional poem, and I yeah. think it's the one that everybody like goes to. It's like Maggie, Molly, and May, and the the one that rhymes really. Uh, that sounds a little familiar. Yeah, it, it's yeah. it's really sing songy. Um, oh my god, I am very burpy. I apologize. I <laughs> oh, that's all right. Um, yeah, he. I think you're right that he's the dude that like a lot of people flock to quite early when they're looking to like get into poetry, especially in college. Which it you know it's like you know there's certain there's certain things that are part of like the rite of passage of starting to get into that universe right. and it's like that and then ginsburg's howl or like the, oh yeah, yeah, yeah you know what yeah, i mean yeah. i never when, i honestly i never read it but it's it's one of those oh, yeah. it's one of those it's one of those things it's, it's like short the lister. the kerouac on the road yeah the, 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 I, I fucking read on the road yeah the the beat <laughs> it's the beat era ship that i think really kind of draws creative writers when, you know mm-hmm. at least from when i came up well it's also like what it, I think at least some of it has to do with what the people that you implicitly trust, your educators, sure. find important. Right. So it's what meant something to their generation. Right. And it's usually something a little bit prior to their own generation. It's, right. It's something that, uh, you know, something that was weighty to them and now it's weighty to you because, you know. The, it was something that they trusted you with. You yeah, know right. I mean? uh, my favorite book is still One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I've never read a yeah. book that I that I just got more than that it was just i dig it um but yeah it was like it's like that kind of thing uh cummings ginsburg's how the goings and the goings it's that beat era shit um uh, maggie millie molly and may that's the e cummings that's what you were thinking of maggie millie molly and may went down to the beach to play one day and Maggie discovered a shell that sang. You know, it's like blah 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 blah. It's yeah. not. It's not a typical E. E. Cummings poem. It's <laughs> yeah, like, that doesn't read like him to me. That Correct. in itself throws the reader off balance. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But that. But that's the one that, in my experience, that when everybody knows talks about E. e. Cummings, that's the first one that people read. And I'm like. I don't fucking like that one. It's, yeah. it's just it's, it's like it goes against yeah. everything that I got hooked on him for. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I got one for you guys. Let's hear it. All right. Uh, this is one you probably recognize. It's another one from the Jenny, and it's one that I loved so much when I first read it, uh, which is called The Day Igor Stravinsky Got Busted. Oh, yeah. I think I remember this. I remember this. (laughs) This is a guy by uh, by a guy named Richard Hahn. Um, I love this poem. All right. (laughs) Uh, So there was his mugshot. Front page of the globe, just below the fold, his long, elegant head in profile two columns wide, every tiny dot oozing guilt. A Jewish immigrant with a flair for the whimsical is going to be doing some hard time. Reharmonizing a nation's anthem is okay, just don't do it in Boston. (laughs) A diminished seventh chord instead of a major sixth? They got laws there. Tough laws. Bombs bursting in air? There's only one way to do that in Beantown. (laughs) But there's no jail that can hold you. You're going to bust out, take it on the lamb. You've got Russian friends at Juilliard who will hide you in the attic, slip food and manuscript paper under the door <laughs> while you pull your biggest caper of all, a minor key retrograde setting of hail to the chief. I can just hear that demonic snicker as you imagine the look on Roosevelt's face the next time he steps off the train. And before the brilliance of your youth blurs between lines and spaces, a frail fi- final act of defiance. 
Oh, say can you see for solo guitar, chock full of glissandi and ap- oh god, I should have <laughs> appoggiatura. <laughs> Playable by only the most possessed of gifted left hands. Played loud, yeah, really loud. Triple forte, hyper fortissimo. Faster and faster, you write. The page, the page turns black. The damp ink shining in the candlelight of your windowless garret. Forget Firebird, Le Sacre. This is your masterpiece, worthy to be heard only by the most discerning of patriots, each erect hand over heart, cheering wildly after every exploding power chord of Twilight's last gleaming, a home of the free, a home of the brave, a land of the free. And the authorities? Damn them all to hell. You slide back your beret, lean away from the keyboard, and imagine how poetic it would be if only that left hand, which blurred across the neck of a glistening Stratocaster, could be that of a young Negro boy. (laughs) That would show them. That would show them all. (laughs) (laughs) I fucking love that poem. That's sweet. Yeah, really cool, right? Stravinsky is a rock star. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. It's cool. And of course, you know, based on that, the, that, you know, true story of upsetting the entire city of Boston <laughs> by uh, his, his unique composition of the national anthem. Um, I'm not sure what the entire true story of that is, but people did get pissed off. Oh, yeah. He did get arrested. Yeah. Igor Stravinsky, who once said, great artists steal, bad artists borrow. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That, uh, I forgot that's attributed to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Super Turns cool. out the Stravinsky guy knew what he was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yep. This Stravinsky guy, he's okay. He's yeah. not too bad. He's an, he's an he's okay, okay guy. guy. Hey, out of boots. Out of boots. Out of boots. I like the Stravinsky, name. my paisano. I like the name Beantown, too. Beantown. I don't think you see it enough. <laughs> I just like reading it. Uh, I have two left. How much do you guys have left? Who's next? I actually have two left, I think, uh, that I can... Um, I have two left that I can reasonably read. The The other two are needlessly long. Oh, okay. Well, okay, <laughs> why, don't we, why don't we narrow it down to our last two each? Yeah, All sure. Right. Round this bad boy out. It's 141 here, so we... I gotta say, this has been really fun. I yeah, uh-huh. I really like doing this. I forgot how wanna, much I like poems. It's making me want to read poetry again. Yeah, and even write poetry. At yeah, that. right. It's been so long since I've written. Yeah, something. well, because you don't have to. Yeah, because you don't have to. Right. Yeah, <laughs> having to was a pretty big driver of what made me write things. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Shit. Yeah. Well, what do you got, Ben? What do you think? Um, forty. Excuse me. Um, I have a poem that um. Uh, for context, my brother uh, has some tattoos on his body. He has plenty of tattoos on his body, but some of them mm-hmm. uh, are dedicated to specific people. Oh, okay. And he has one on his arm that is uh, dedicated to me, and it is the second stanza of this poem, which is Invictus by William Ernest Henley. This is cool. Um, which is a pretty... It's a pretty straightforward poem. I'm not as I'm not as artistically minded as you guys, uh, as far as poetry and and the written word. I don't know about that. Um, yeah, I don't so I, I, you know, I tend to gravitate towards poem. You know, I tend to have, I tend to cite these, you know, more classic, straightforward poems. That's okay, you, I like those too. You know, yeah. uh, 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 you know, oh, were my love yon lilac fair. That's okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, Invictus is one of these poems that really just fucking gets me pumped 
Nice. Because it's it's just super triumphant. Out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole, I thank whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul. In the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud. Under the bludgeonings of chance, my head is bloody but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears looms but the horror of the shade, and yet the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. Oh, that's cool. Oh, I like that. I like oh. that. It gets you fucking pumped. It's the fucking <laughs> indomitable human spirit. Yeah. Like, un, un, undestroyed by, you know, all conspiring forces to, you know, all the, all the things that conspire to level you, right? Yep. I, it's like I said, it's pretty straightforward. It's a pretty simple message. I get to decide what I want to fucking do. Yeah. <laughs> what is, I wonder what Invictus literally translate to. Uh, Invictus is the Latin word for invincible. Ah, mm. nice. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I fucking feel the that. Heat of the moment. <laughs> See, nothing. Tell beats me what you're I don't think anything beats that kind of like that classical style for like jazzing you up <laughs> yeah. like really kind of pumping you up about something yeah. yeah and now i'm sure there's a context for this poem that i don't have um oh, uh, sure. doesn't why, matter you know why he why he may have uh written it but mm. uh for the next poem that i'll read after the next rotation he uh the parking ticket to pay there is uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, it's a sovereign citizen yeah. <laughs> right he was not detained <laughs> i do not consent to be governed <laughs> We all have poems. Incidentally, do we all have poems that were published? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I don't think mine counts. Well, no, I didn't have poetry published. Okay. I did have work published. Uh, but I don't think it counts in my case. Say Ben and I had poetry published. Yeah. You guys weren't in a place to decide upon your own publication. We were not. No. No. Um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't mean to derail No, that's that cool. There. Um, okay, so I'll read one for you by a poet called uh, William E. Stafford, um, who's a 20th century American poet um, who is also uh, loved by other poets, um, uh, which I found out because of uh, <coughs> Dr. Greenway. Okay. Uh, this poem is very plain worded. Um, it's it, I, I don't I, I don't know how to explain it. It's just it's very like direct. Um but there's it's it's another one of those where uh, I don't know something about it. It captures a feeling that I I think everybody's going to be able to understand without like being able to describe it. Uh, and it's called traveling through the dark. Oh, okay, hmm. cool. Uh, I think I teased this actually on one of the earlier episodes. I, I talked about this poem at that's, one point. That's awesome, Ben. You got a poem? Season. I don't. I don't think I know this. <laughs> I'm just fucking around. Um, uh, Traveling Through the Dark by William E. Stafford. Nice. Uh, traveling in the dark. <laughs> Sorry. This God's fire. Water's traveling in the dark. Can't start a fire without a spark. This God's fire. Water's traveling in the dark. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Sorry, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Traveling through the dark, I found a deer dead on the edge of the Wilson River Road. It is usually best to roll them into the canyon. That road is narrow, and a swerve might make more dead. By glow of the taillight, I stumbled back of the car and stood by the heap. A doe, a recent killing. 
She had uh, stiffened already, almost cold. I dragged her off. She was large in the belly. My fingers touching her side brought me uh, the reason. Her side was warm. Her fawn lay there waiting, alive, still, never to be born. Beside that mountain road, I hesitated. The car aimed ahead, its lowered parking lights. Under the hood purred the steady engine. I stood in the glare of the warm exhaust turning red. Around the group, I could hear the wilderness listen. I thought hard for us all, my only swerving, then pushed her over the edge into the river. Sorry, I didn't mean to, like, completely uh, derail the mood there. You son of a bitch. I'm really, I'm really sorry. Oh, that's so hard. <laughs> Jesus. I'm really sorry. I, oh didn't, I didn't mean God. to, like, derail that. All that meat gone to waste. <laughs> Oh my god, that's so sad. I know, I'm really sorry. A doe, a deer, a, <laughs> a female, female deer, deer. <laughs> a ray, a drop of uh, unborn baby. I'm sorry. I, oh my god, but the uh, thing is, I get it. It's fucked up. I get it. Like, yeah. I will kill your infant son. You can see it, right? You, yeah, I can like, see the whole you, thing. I you can, can see, see the, the whole thing. The, the, I can like, see the calculation of like, it does, I can't save. I, I, you, can, you can see the deep breath in that poem. The, I can, I can feel okay. the fucking gnats on my back. Yeah, right. That's <laughs> um, what I mean. It's it, and it's so, judging it's, me. It's yeah. written so. It's very plain spoken. Yeah, like it, yeah. It's, it's written in such a way that you know it's not flowery. Yeah, it's very direct. It's you know what this I mean. is a poem about a that's problem. A, yeah, that's a home. Yeah. That's a hallmark of modern poetry. Of course, is is everything moves yeah. away throughout the 20th century away from the flowery. You don't language you don't and, need to be flowery to describe. To nail your reader, first of all. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that really hurts. You can nail, yeah, you can nail plenty of your readers um, if you're a good enough poet. <laughs> um, the thing <laughs> I like about that poem. Love Ayo, poetry. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Greenway showed me that poem um, uh, in class years and years and years ago. And it was a poem that I didn't like the first 30 times I read it, but I kept rereading it. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, I, yeah didn't, I didn't like it. I didn't want to. I didn't want to. I'm not sure that like I like it, but yeah. it, but but I but you get. But, but you understand. I regard it. its power. Yeah. And I pull. I um, almost want to shy away from the power of that. That's <laughs> why. That's why I felt it necessary to read it here because it. I. I it's a. I don't want to like it. I don't yeah. want to like it. Um, because I, I understand. I understand that feeling, even though I can't quite. The longer I think about it, the more that I don't regard that as a poem about someone doing the easy but cruel thing. I do almost, I regard it as a poem about the difficulty of granting uh, uh, mercy. Yeah. The yeah. difficulty of being the person to decide to do the merciful and ugly thing. Yeah. Sure. And I I, I, I get a sense it's it's a little about, about guilt too and how even yes. if, even if, mm -hmm. you know, even if no one's around, you know, there's still the person you are in the dark. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's maybe the may dark is really that's, important. That's maybe a more pessimistic look than yours, but mm, you may, you may have touched on it though. I think, I think may, the dark is really important. I think you may have touched on why that's identifiable because mm -hmm. um, it's just, you know, yeah, you understand that even if you've never been through that specific situation, you know what I mean? <laughs> How many, I mean, I'm sure none of us can say we did something that grotesque, but well, <sighs> but the idea of like 
what the ugly things are that you do when you know that you have to and you know that no one can see and you know that if you don't I mean, the alternative you, is worse. I mean, you guys did burn an entire room full of goblin children in D anD. I think you could say you guys. That was uh, he was not he was not totally on board with that. <laughs> <laughs> you ready, buddy? I, w- did you try and stop him? No. <laughs> well, there you go. Thing is, he he walked out, but he didn't. No, he he didn't try to stop me. <laughs> Yeah, for uh, for anyone who, who's listening that's not involved with our D and D campaign, yeah, my character who is, oh no, oh no, I'm not the only uh, good aligned character in the party. No, that's anymore. right, you're not. Jen's character is in now. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, at the time I was the only good aligned character and lawful good at that. And yeah, my character still has no idea that this happened. And I hope he never finds out. <laughs> you better pray he doesn't. <laughs> I hope he never finds he out. Will, we he we might com- actually fight. He will Kamehameha you into oblivion. <laughs> <laughs> he might. He yeah. might. He might actually do that. He, he might actually try and, like, you know, handcuff you and bring you to the law. <laughs> who will then promptly say, oh, there are goblins, who cares? Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> right. It's, you know what, it's, being, it's a racist system, but I'll get away with it. Being being lawful good <laughs> in a murder hobo campaign really sucks. <laughs> yeah, I got one for you guys. Yes. This is another one from the Jenny. This is by a woman named Pam Anderson. Um, nice. <laughs> not that Pam Anderson, uh, who is great. Uh, she was published in the Jenny multiple times, and this is one of my favorite ones that she wrote. It's called Packet. Subtitle, An American Paratrooper Teaches the New Kid to Pack His Parachute. <laughs> um, this one I enjoy a lot. So, it goes like this. You gotta pack it yourself, bud. No rag snap promise from some amateur who wants to nickel, wants a nickel just to stuff your container any which way. He don't know nothing about nothing. If you want that chute to open over the drop zone, don't you dare trust no man's hands but your own to tuck in the corners. That silk, she's your baby now, your missus, your sweet thing, and you gotta treat her right. When the jump master yells hook up and you hitch to the static line, your gun in three pieces and strapped inside pockets, down your legs, ammo around your middle, and a pouch of smokes over your heart. When you find yourself standing behind some big guy who sure as hell will panic and need the bottom of your boot in his backside before he steps out of that C-47, that's when you got to know your shoot will open. When she does, when she hits air like a kite, you'll be glad you packed her. Because then, bud, you got to start praying. You don't tangle in trees on the way down or Jerry don't pick you off before you hit. Or you don't break both angles in a bad land. When your toes touch pay dirt, you got a somersault just like a kid. Then cut them lines, wrap your baby silk fast, and bury her before sunrise. Oof. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> scary, right? Yeah. That's scary. Uh, scary with a lot of themes of, of just growing up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Um the uh I, I like the I like the entirety of the imagery. I like the idea that you might need to kick the dude in front of you out of the plane just as much, I guess, implicitly as you might need someone to kick Kick you out out of the the plane plane. because nobody wants to do this. Yeah. But, you know, you've got to have the knowledge that when you do, you're the one responsible for what happens to you because you were involved. Yeah. You know, 
think I do. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really scary. It's, it's heavy. Yeah, it's yeah. very heavy. Um, and then, no, but I, I really, really. <laughs> I could read it over and over and over again. <laughs> you got to pick that one, didn't you? And you get to help pick that one. I don't know. That was from pretty early on. That was. Yeah. I want to say that might have been the second or third issue. Yeah. I, I feel like you got to help pick I was out. probably on the decision committee for yeah. that. Yeah. The first issue, definitely. Uh, and I think the second issue, for sure, and actually my last poem, which I'll get to later, is one of the ones that I helped pick. Yeah. And definitely my favorite. Yeah. I'm saving my favorite for last, too. <laughs> Me, too. So <laughs> I'm, I'm saving my favorite for a recommendation. Oh. Good idea. My goodness. I think that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Well, I think it's your turn. All right. This is our last one, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, this is uh, the follow up to this is is also too long to read. Um, and the follow up is a triumphant one. Uh, but both of these tie in to a friend of the author, Alfred Lord Tennyson, yeah. uh, passing away. Mm. Uh, and this poem, Break, 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 is about. Uh, the sense of loss. Uh, uh, it was it was a young death, if I remember right, and okay. and that that feeling of loss. And then uh, Ulysses was the other poem, which is way too long to read on here. Uh, <laughs> right. well, not the novel Ulysses, the po- the poem. Okay. Ulysses. I was like, hold on a minute. <laughs> You're saying that Ulysses is too wrong, to, too, too long to, too wrong to that would be too wrong to lead. That would be that would be Joyce. That would be a novel, and right. that would be. Far too insane. Long. <laughs> yeah. Plus, um, I'd way rather hear about his fart fetish than his actual novel. To right. be honest, no the uh, the the poem Ulysses by Alfred Lord Tennyson is about yes. is about moving on and and embracing life uh, in spite of loss. Nice. Um. Uh. But uh, this was this was the the one that he wrote in mourning. Mm-hmm. Break, break, break on thy cold gray stones, O sea. And I would that my tongue could utter the thoughts that arise in me. Oh, well for the fisherman's boy that he shouts with his sister at play. Oh, well for the sailor lad that he sings in his boat on the bay. And the stately ships go on to their haven under the hill. But oh, for the touch of a vanished hand and the sound of a voice that is still. Break, break, break at the foot of thy crags, O sea. But the tender grace of a day that is dead will never come back to me. Wow. Just rough all around. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> the thing is, I, I uh, kind of feel like I understand that thing of like the world is moving well on. Everything else is continuing. But what about me? <laughs> right. <laughs> that's, but that's it, right? Don't you feel that's like that? When definitely. You're, when, yeah, you're, right. when you're in the middle of that grief, you're like, okay, everything else is just continuing. But like I'm gonna put fucking hole, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, the yeah the waves keep beating on, but yeah. Uh, yeah, that that last line is one of those ones where y- you can't replace any word with any other without destroying the whole. Yeah, and, and I can't identify exactly what it is. The tender grace of a day that is dead will never come back to me. Wow. It's yeah. That wouldn't be anywhere near as powerful with any other choice of words, even if even if they mean the exact same thing. The gentle grace of a day that is dead, yeah, doesn't sound doesn't, doesn't sound, sound right, yeah. quite right, you know. Yeah, like if poetry is about chasing like some something and really putting it into words that 
that maybe in a way that nothing else can. Yeah. That's the surgical knife of doing that. Yeah. Right. It's a very deliberate word choice. Yeah. Um, you, you just remind, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was, I was just going to say just a reminder that, um, uh, when Tennyson passed away, our good friend, William Topaz McGonagall, uh, came knocking on the door of Buckingham <laughs> Palace asking if he could be the new poet laureate. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> to which they replied, if I remember correctly, we'll get back to you. Yeah, so, so, something. Yeah, we'll think so, about it. Something along those lines, yeah. <laughs> That's fucking um, hilarious. My friend, I am very sorry to say that on the 23rd day of May. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, uh, you, speaking of uh, loss, you just reminded uh, me of um, uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson. When his son Waldo was uh, born, from the very day that his son was born, he uh, would constantly hide out in crowds. <laughs> <laughs> and we would say, Where was he? Where did he come from? Where did, where he, did go? he go? Where did he go from? No, seriously, where did he go? Little Waldo. Waldo. <laughs> uh, no, his son, uh, his son Waldo, from the day he was born till the day he died from uh, yellow fever. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. No, I <laughs> that's what fucking ruined your. Uh, he, <laughs> He died from yellow fever, if I remember correctly. At <laughs> age, you at asshole. age, you're gonna feel even worse. At age four, um, uh, uh, you really, God, you fucked this up. <laughs> um, I'm terrible. <laughs> Ralph Waldo Emerson, <laughs> from the day his son was born till the day he died, kept a journal, uh, and every that every was four years long, <laughs> right? Every day he wrote something new that his son taught him in the journal, and the day that his son died. The journal had one line, and that was, I'm really sorry, I'm going to ruin everybody's day. That line was, today my little Waldo left this earth, and then he never kept the journal again, which is like, and it was published years later, but it was like, that's one of the saddest things that I can think uh, of. And I'm like, not to, not to like completely KO everybody. Why, why are you <laughs> like this? I'm really sorry. It reminds me of um, you're why it's why just, would you it's the it's why the, would, it's a comedy podcast. I'm sorry. It's the most heartbreaking thing that I can think of. My um, little Waldo today. My little Waldo left the earth. Why would you? It was one line. Why would you? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. It reminds me of that um, uh, that legend of uh, of uh, Ernest Hemingway being challenged by uh, by someone at a bar to write the. Saddest, short, uh, saddest story he could yes. in ten words or less, and oh, he did it yeah. in six. Yes, which which was spilled by Cheetos upon the floor. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Boy, did we need that? <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Uh. <laughs> it was getting way dark in here. Sorry. Out of whiskey, liquor store closed. Oh no. <laughs> what was the What was the actual story? I forget. For sale, baby, baby shoes, shoes never nope. worn. Yeah, right. I was Ooh. saying something about for sale, baby shoes, baby shoes twenty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> for oh. sale. Baby, baby shoes, serious offers <laughs> for sale. No DMs. baby shoes, no DMs. urine damage. <laughs> All right, do you guys want to hear my favorite poem ever? Sure. Um, you and I have uh, one each for sale. Gently used wife. <laughs> uh, this is my favorite poem, and it's a happy, sad poem. So okay, um, it's only it's only sad because it's really sappy. Okay. Um, this is by one of my favorite poets. His name is Galway Canal. 
um, who is a famous poet. Uh, I've written a lot of stuff. That and a lot of stuff that yeah. you might have heard of. I think um, I've heard of this Golden Saint, Corral. Uh, <laughs> Saint Francis in the Sow. You ever read Saint Francis in the Sow before? Yeah. Okay, so that's that's like one of his more famous ones. Uh, Morty. Uh, this poem is called "After Making Love We Hear Footsteps." Uh, okay, that's creepy. Um, <laughs> and it's me leaving my wife. It's me leaving. So by Galway Canal, after making love, we hear footsteps. Mm -hmm. For I can snore like a bullhorn or play loud music or sit up talking with any reasonably sober Irishman. And Fergus will only sink deeper into his dreamless sleep, which goes by all in one flash. But let there be that heavy breathing or stifled come cry anywhere in the house. And he will wrench himself awake and make for it on the run. As now we lie together after making love quiet touching along the length of our bodies, familiar touch of the long married. And he appears in his baseball pajamas, it happens, the neck opening so small he has to screw them on and flops down between us. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I just got one. <laughs> yeah, I get it too. Um, and flops down between us and hugs us and snuggles himself to sleep, his face gleaming with satisfaction at being this very child. In the half-darkness, we look at each other and smile and touch arms across this little starting, startlingly muscled body, this one of whom habit of memory propels to the ground of his making. Sleep where only the mortal sounds can sing awake. This blessing love gives again into our arms. Oh. I, love, I love that poem. I do, too. I love that poem. I do, too. That's really great. I, I, I don't know. Something about it just... A lot of things about it. Yeah, I, every time I read it, it I just, like the description of the familiar touch of the long, long married, married, which yeah. is a beautiful thing, right? Yeah. And I love the idea of this little, this little munchkin in his baseball pajamas wriggling his way in because he's destined to return to here, right? Because this is where he came from and how he came from it. Right. <laughs> I, I love that poem. And I, just. I, that's how great. Came. Yeah, right. How he came. <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't know. Something about that. I I it, that's always been yeah. from the moment I read it. I'm What's like, that called again? Uh after making love we hear footsteps. Sure. Um I, I just I love it. I never I never get tired of reading it. It just it's you know, I think it's I think it's a feeling everybody whether you're married or not, you get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just you just understand that. Yeah. You know that that feeling, uh, and I love it. I love it. I never get tired of reading. I poem. love it too. Where did you really, Where did you find that again? Um, I think Doctor Greenway. Nice. Uh, I think Doctor <laughs> Greenway, or actually, it might have been your dad who uh, read that poem to the class. Yeah. Could be, if I remember correctly. But I, it just always stuck with me. It was just something that I I don't know. I always loved it. Yeah. I'll never get tired of reading that one. It's just that's a really good one. Yeah. Thank you. I love it. Thank you for uh, uh, complimenting my taste. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have one more for us. This is a relatively short poem, uh, and it's one we published in the second issue of the Jenny. Mm -hmm. And it's by, I, I kind of 
feel like you guys might have been present for it. Were you guys at the issue two premiere? I was. Yes. I thought you were. I definitely was. I have pictures from that. That, that was the that was the one where my dad tried to open the wine bottle with his shoes. Yes, <laughs> right. I was in a yeah. vel- I was in a velvet smoking jacket. Were you? Yes, really? I was. I was wow. in a black velvet smoking yeah, jacket. Jesus, I'll see if I can find the picture of that. <laughs> um, th- uh, th- that year was pretty good. That's pretty nice. And we were at the uh, the Oakland. Yes, for the premiere. This is in the theater part upstairs. Correct. Oh n- no! This, no, okay. was a, the second was Dorian. I don't think so. Only that, because I remember this guy reading this in no, that room. The third one was Dorian. The second one was the Oakland performing. Because yeah. oh. Phil Brady read a poem. Like Phil rec- Brady was there for the second one. Okay, yeah, I remember uh, that and did a great job. It did a very great job. Yeah. But my favorite poem from that issue was one called Less. Do you remember this? Mm. There's a guy named Bill Ebert. I believe he's relatively local. And he opens this with the inscription, less is more. A quote from Mies van der Rohe. Right? Okay. And the poem is, Pale blue-veined swollen knuckles, wince wringing the cloth, moistened lips that may never speak I love you again. A grizzled muzzle snarls and barks. Paws hold the ground between a berry picking children between berry picking children and a coiled copperhead. Since great grandfather, a green mailbox, paint peeling, perched on a cedar post, marks the lane back home. There is so much else I want to say about love. A carpenter's death. A dream dreamt out loud. A shared peanut butter and jelly sandwich. But less is more. Oh, man. <sighs> I love that poem That's so really, really good. <laughs> I think it's my favorite poem. It Well, it's my favorite of this list and one of my favorites of all time. That's um, really good. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's, you know, it's like. What this does that I love is it traces around the edges of what love means. Yeah. And it's these expressions of love that begin to hint at like, you know, like this, the like, thing. Yeah. Like what love is as a, like yeah. as a whole as it, but through these different expressions of love. Yeah. I don't know. I love yeah. It. No, no. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just <clears throat> I like that it's short. Yeah, me too. I like it's that so a poem, perfect. It's I like just, that a poem trying to talk about love is so brief. Yeah. Uh huh. Less is more. Less is more. Less is more. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I remember hearing that read in person, being like, "This is the fucking shit." Yeah. Like this for that. I was like, "This is the real deal." I got so excited. This is the shit. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> you held up your air horn and just. Oh. And he's like, I'm still reading. Yeah. <laughs> Please stop. Stop. You're ruining my moment. <laughs> Poet life. <laughs> beer, beer, um, beer, beer. Well, all right. That was fun. Yep. Let's yes. move on and end this episode here. Let's soon. do it. God damn it. Um, I want to do this again. Yeah, I, I actually really do too. We didn't get Ben and I didn't I'll, get to read our poems. I'll need to re- I'll need to read more poems. Yeah, <laughs> right. Ben and I didn't get to read our poems. Yeah, your actual poetry. I'm uh, sure we could all dig up stuff that we that we wrote. Oh yeah, I'm, I have I have Ooh. lots of it. Yeah. The, the the poem of mine that got published was the one good poem I've ever written. Our, my father's poetry. 
That's that was a, my father's poetry. That's a, it has my favorite closing line of like, well, not my <laughs> absolute favorite, but among my top ten favorites. It's really good. It, I, yeah. There's a reason it got picked, dude. Yeah, dude. I know, but it, I don't know. Two words <laughs> that fucking, well, whatever. Yeah. You'll do it next time. Mine was the girl at table five. Yes, which I almost included in here, except I didn't want to embarrass you. Yeah, not. Nah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I've already embarrassed myself by crying like a bitch over... <laughs> Some no, stuff no, that no, somebody no. wrote. That's not, I mean, poetry is meant to be experienced viscerally, you pussy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was a lot of fun. I would love yes. to do this again. I don't know if you guys thought it was fun, but we don't really give a fuck what you think. <laughs> right. So, three, the three dudes. The three we dudes. Don't really we don't really give a fuck what, what you, you think. think. We don't give a fuck. <laughs> we don't give a shit. Uh, 420. Blaze it. Blaze it. America uh, rules. Smoke weed, blaze it. <laughs> smoke weed, Bob Iranians, 420. 420, blaze it. Uh, we'll be back in a bit. With uh, smoking and drinking. Yeah, with smoking and drinking. And, and what we learn. And maybe something else. We'll find out. Ooh, girl, that's what's up. <laughs> you see it? Woo! I, think Walk, he, I mean, Joaquin Phoenix can elevate like anything. He's so good. He is very good. He's he's good in roles that don't deserve him. Um, uh, <laughs> as as my mother yeah. put it, uh, criminally underrated uh, and should have received the you know, award for best actor for his role as Johnny Cash. I'm um, I'm honestly I'm honestly at a point as a Batman fan where I'm sick to fucking death of the Joker as this straw nihilist. As this fucking, you know, yeah, you, you know, I'm going to deconstruct society, Batman. I want I want him to throw playing cards at Batman again and just be a <laughs> fucking goober. Right. Like it's, not just be an agent of chaos, but just like, I don't know, be be mean on purpose. Yeah. Instead of the, just the, I don't know. The thing is, Joker doesn't fucking mean anything <laughs> unless you have Batman. Right. You know, the whole point of Batman is the point of superheroes, which is that. People with enough conviction can make the world a good place. Yeah, it's it's not a fucking. Yeah, I think you nailed it. Joker in a in a vacuum without Batman is just some fucking weirdo. Yeah, that doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. He, he he commits heinous crimes. Uh, some of which are his, some of which are his own fucking fault. When <laughs> it, this, this, where he brings the gun to the children's hospital, there's no excuse for that. Mm-hmm. The children's hospital. Yeah, remember when he goes uh, in in the full clown makeup? He's he's you know dancing. Oh, was that the, the children's children? hospital? Because Harvey Dent was in it. No, 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 no. In, in in the Joker. In Joker. Not, oh, in Joker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, the, no, no. In in in. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, when it falls out of his Joker. leg. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's Spoilers. no excuse for that. Like I, you know. Like, Even if you're socially weird and, you know. Yeah. A, a lot of what happens to him is his own fucking fault. This is why I maintain that Mark Hamill's Joker is actually the best Joker. And, and you know, the animated series is so hard to live up to because it hit that perfect, that perfect middle ground. It was the right balance. The, I, so the idealized superhero drama and, and the, uh, you know, just Joker being... You know, bad for the sake of being bad. It's, yeah. Now that I'm thinking yeah. about it, it's like it's like villains don't have to necessarily be cynical. 
No. Like, that's if, the thing if, about the... If anything, villains are better when they're idealistic. Yeah, right. They're idealistic about their bad ideas, but right. they're idealistic. They're not like, you know, well, yeah, none right. of this matters. That's why, uh, Scramble the world. That's why, you know, Thanos... Bad guys need vision. Thanos caught on pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. Even though, you know, if you deconstruct what he's doing, it doesn't make any fucking sense. But that's <laughs> not the point. Right. He's an idealist and you kind of feel for him. Yeah. Just a little bit. Sure. There are things that obviously matter to him. Um, yeah. I, 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 I don't like cynical villains. I like villains that are idealistic. I like villains that that that, uh, you know. Yeah. I like a little of each. I just don't want one to be the. I don't only want it kind to be the dominant. Yeah, you yeah. don't want it to be the dominant. I don't. Thing. I want the only villain that we can imagine to be the one that shrugs his shoulders, doesn't care sure. what happens, and blows up everyone. Sure. Yeah. Because none of this matters. Yeah, that's, I can't do that's that. That's stupid. That's yeah. fucking stupid. The next, the next Batman iteration we get should have Mister Freeze. Yeah. Really should. Um, and yeah, maybe. I, I wouldn't even necessarily complain if it was Arnold Schwarzenegger again. Honestly. But uh, I might. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think if he if he plays it straight, like 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 Terminator straight. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that would be much more interesting than just like you know it's with the fire here in Gotham. Sure, <laughs> Vic, Victor Freeze is a good character. Like yeah, he is. as silly as and as comical as it sounds, Victor Freeze is a good character. This yeah, this might. This it sounds great in the animated series. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This sounds a bit familiar now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, Morty. Morty. Uh, Morty. <laughs> but I but I do believe I once suggested Mads Mikkelsen for a Mr. Freeze. That would be a good one. Role. I would love to see uh um fucking Liam Neeson as Mr. Freeze. Yeah. Uh, that would be pretty cool. That yeah, I would too. Or or Javier you know, Javier Bardem. Oh yeah. That's Mr. Freeze. That would be so good. That'd be, that'd <laughs> that be would be really so good. Cool. I would love to see that. Yeah. And and he'd make it for a much more interesting villain. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ. Uh, like I could name I could name a bunch of Batman villains that would that would be uh, a better fit. I would I would love to see the Riddler get a get another shake. I would, too. I, I, I always thought if Chris Nolan was going to do another Batman, he should do like Johnny Depp as the Riddler. Johnny yeah. Depp would be a fantastic. I think Johnny Riddler. Depp would be a really good Riddler. Um, um in the event that in the in the event that he doesn't accept that role, uh, maybe like <laughs> shit. Say no, it. no I, say it. Say it. Oh, it's a terrible idea. Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I don't hate that. It's the first thing that I, went to your head, though. It's the first thing that went to my head, but then I remembered how he did his Lex Luthor and Batman vs. <laughs> Superman. I was just yeah. like, no, guys, yeah. hear me out. Paul Walker as the Riddler. What do you think? <laughs> oh my God! No, no. No. Seth <laughs> Rogen. <laughs> Who would do a, a good Penguin again? Honestly, Danny DeVito did such a great Penguin. He in the second Batman the Penguin movie. for everyone else. It's, yeah. he, he should just be the Penguin again, but play it like Frank Reynolds. Yeah, right. <laughs> Got a whole lot of bombing going on. <laughs> Got to pack some fuel in. <laughs> where's that? Where's that Dove sausage? <laughs> I'll call, I'll call in all the hackers we know, boss. We'll steal the Batmobile tonight. What are you fucking kidding? Put sugar in the gas tank. <laughs> My favorite uh, Frank Reynolds line might be, Deandra, 
download me a hoagie from the internet. <laughs> download me a hoagie from the internet. God, he's, if he's only. Like, he's like high as hell. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, none of that matters. What matters is it's recommendation it time. It is recommendation oh, shit. Well, time. Now, well, now I'm going to spend the rest of the night thinking about who would be a good penguin I in know. the absence of Danny DeVito. Fuck. Uh, Paul Giamatti, move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh god probably not <laughs> probably oh my not god. Uh, uh, we'll, d- we'll worry about it in a minute uh, d- uh, do you guys have any recommendations I have two which I would like to tank? bring to you um, number one uh, is one that I'm going to try and keep brief because I uh, I think we've talked about it before. I'm going to touch my briefs on this. Mm. Uh, I haven't heard that in a minute. <laughs> Still thinking about Paul Giamatti. That's it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Gotham is just uh, uh, you know, <laughs> really kind of yeah. <laughs> fucking. Uh, I can't. I can't. Ever since Jason Sideways, Alexander. Though. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I can't think of Paul Giamatti any other way than in sideways when he's like yeah. running with a bottle of wine through it. Yeah. I fucking hate that movie. That movie sucks. It's a bad movie. It's a bad movie. It's, bad it's movie. not good. Stop I, talking about how good it is. I never bad. saw it. I never saw it, but it always seemed a little pretentious. Don't. It's terrible. It's, it's fucking bad. pretentious drivel. Not a good movie. <laughs> Shit. Not a good movie. Um, which you should watch if you want to watch something good. And if you happen to have an Amazon Prime account, mm-hmm. is you should watch The Grand Tour. Um, the Grand Tour is really good. Yes. The Grand Tour oh, yeah. is is basically Top Gear after Top Gear decided they didn't want to be Top Gear anymore. <laughs> uh, when Jeremy Clarkson got fired, Top Gear decided BBC basically decided <laughs> we don't want to make money anymore. Um, so let's <laughs> we're going to let Amazon make all this yeah. money now. We've taken one too many punches collectively from Jeremy Clarkson. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> let's just let him go. Let's just let him go. And they did. And they, they sent them to Amazon. So you got Jeremy Clarkson, Richard Hammond and James May. James May. Probably getting paid a lot more money. Probably getting paid a lot <laughs> oh, more definitely money. Definitely getting paid a lot more money. <laughs> a lot more money uh, to do whatever they want on Amazon. Which, which they said was well, like um, one of their <laughs> to their chagrin. <laughs> um, they got paid uh, more money on Amazon, but they like, don't get to piss off the BBC anymore, <laughs> right. which is something they took great delight Pissing in. Pissing off the brass is half the joy of doing <laughs> right. a job in, a, in the middle of a bureaucracy. And they can't do that on Amazon because they're like, yeah, do whatever you want. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. But the Grand Tour is just as good as old Top Gear was and even better in a lot of instances. It is. It's, it's not a show about cars. So if you think you have to know anything about cars to enjoy the Grand Tour, mm. you're wrong. I mean, it's a it is a show about cars, but not a car show. It's a car themed show, but it's more over a show about the the male brain and how the male brain <laughs> works. Yeah, um, it, it is just three guys who are very, very old friends uh, driving around and doing dumb stuff in really expensive cars that they let them drive <laughs> yeah. for some reason. Basically <laughs> shitting on each other and making fun of each other. It's just really fun. It's driving just, cool things. Professor it's Slow. Professor Slow. Um, <laughs> yeah, those, and those guys are like the most viewed people worldwide. Yeah, they are. Um, there's a famous. Uh, there's a famous thing where they were talking about. Uh, uh, when they were still doing uh, Top Gear at BBC, they went to Syria for an episode, and as soon as uh, James May 
uh, stepped out James of May. James May. As soon as James May stepped out of the airport in Syria, someone greet him, greeted him as Captain Slowly, just on the street. <laughs> Captain just, Slowly. Slowly. <laughs> yeah. Um, the adverb is funnier. Yeah. They just. They just. Everybody knows who these guys are. They just do <laughs> dumb shit for fun with cars. Uh, Top Gear is really funny. It's really funny. It's really fun. You should watch it. Yeah. Plus, um, <laughs> once again. Richard Hammond nearly dies. Nearly dies. You get to see him um, almost die again, <laughs> which I think is a huge part of the reason that they're not doing the show the, the show the traditional way. Yeah, partly because I don't think his wife will let him no. do it without divorcing no. him. No. Yeah. I don't think Richard Hammond's wife is willing to let him almost die again. <laughs> that's for that's, the show. That's at least two times, right? Yeah, yeah, at least two times. The first time he wrecked a top a top fuel dragster at two hundred and eighty eight yeah. miles an hour. I've seen ended up in a that coma. video. Uh, and then the Remick is the other crash. We'll put the Remick crash on. And I, um, I think yeah. I think later. Right. That was that was during Top Gear, right, where he wrecked yeah. the dragster. And mm-hmm. then like immediately after the clip, Clarkson starts moving on to the next subject. Anyway, yeah, right. right. <laughs> anyway. Um, so that was that was that's a pact that they all had from like early when they first started the show, like early 2003 when they rebooted it. They had a pact that was if one of them got seriously injured or died during mm-hmm. the production of the show, which is something they recognized was possible. They even would all, likely you might even say. likely <laughs> they all just decided that collectively they would go. All right. Uh, so tragically, Richard Hammond was killed in that shot. Anyway, moving on to the next thing. They <laughs> moving all, on. They all agreed That's that it would be like, OK, let's go to the next thing. Fucking hilarious. So they did very that. British response. Um, uh, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, he wrecked the second season of Top Gear. He wrecked a very expensive electric car and almost of Grand Tour of uh, uh, Grand Tour. Yeah, yeah. And almost died again. And I think uh, at that point, his wife was like, <laughs> OK, seriously. <laughs> well, he, the thing is, you can see these guys in other shows. Yeah. But I do think that the, the core show, the, the Grand Tour thing will slow down. Yeah. Eventually. It'll all be safer stuff. Yeah, they have to because yeah, they, sure. they have to. Um, yeah, sure, yeah. but they're they're going to come up with ways to make it more entertaining in spite of that. Cute story. Um, uh, so like the ambulance challenge. I heard right, Richard. I heard Richard the Hammond. Funniest thing I've ever seen put it, to TV. It, it, absolutely, I agree. That's one of the funniest things ever. <laughs> so hilarious. Yeah. Um, so when when Richard Hammond wrecked the top the top fuel car on Top Gear, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> James May and Jeremy Clarkson were. Like it was just Hammond's thing that he was filming. Yeah, they weren't there for the. Shoot. They weren't there for the shoot. So when they got the word, they uh, made it to the hospital immediately. Um, and his wife, um, uh, Mindy, if I remember correctly, Mindy, uh, Richard Hammond's wife, Mindy, was like distraught, obviously, because Hammond was in a coma for several weeks yeah. after that. Like he Jesus. he wrecked a car at 288 miles an hour, so that he was he was in a coma and almost died. Yeah, uh, and had severe like memory loss issues after that. Um, and oh, something that I learned recently that Hammond revealed during an, uh, an interview uh, was that to cheer his wife Mindy up every day that uh, uh, Hammond was in the hospital, the six weeks that he was in the hospital, uh, Clarkson wrote his wife Mindy a funny email, a funny one line email <laughs> every day to cheer her up. Oh, um, yeah, which is really sweet, <laughs> which is something he apologized to Clarkson for revealing because it makes him seem too soppy. Yeah, right. Um, but it's it's tremendous fun. It's a show of guys just, you know, talking about cars and just yeah. doing dumb stuff all around the world. Just the boys being the boys. The greatest, the greatest <laughs> job in the world. You should watch the Grand Tour. It's really funny. Yeah. It's really fun to watch. Uh, the second thing I'm going to recommend is an album. Uh, it's a common album. 
uh, by not artists. A, not, not a rare Common. album, right? Yeah. Um, uh, it's an album by Common called Go, which is actually considered to be one of the best rap albums ever made uh, that I had never listened to before, uh, and I finally listened to it. Um, What's it called again? It's called Go. G O. Uh, you you'll recognize the cover immediately when you search it. Uh, it produced largely by Kanye West in early 2004 before Kanye was Kanye. Mm-hmm. Um, Kanye West, famous, just okay rapper, really good producer. Um, <laughs> so this album is really good. Uh, Dilla has a couple tracks that he produced on this record, Ooh, nice. which is enough to get you guys to listen to it, which oh, is yeah. what I wanted to bring sure up. Sure is. There's two or three tracks that Dilla produced directly on this record. i add that to my Spotify right now. <laughs> um and the rest is uh, produced by Kanye, who don't fucking sell Kanye short as a producer. He's a really good rap producer. Just okay rapper. Really good rap producer. <laughs> don't buy his albums. Not a great all... fashion designer, I'll nope. say that. Nope, he's not. Yeezys are not that cool. Um, that horrible, uh, what is his new album called? Uh, uh, I don't he, know. He is King or whatever the hell yeah, it is. God is King or God something. God is King. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, the, the merch around that is a fucking mess. Yeah. The thing is that album wouldn't be bad if he wasn't rapping over top of it because he's <laughs> he's not that great of a rapper. Yeah. He's a, he's a great producer. You can't argue how he's like top 20 greatest hip hop producers ever. It's, a, it's an album called Go? Go. Common Go album. Yeah. Uh, what? What? Spotify has is Go Common Classics. Let me see that. Let me see the picture. That's the album cover. Hmm. Oh, the one, the one with uh, the, the, the one right at the top with him, just, just his face. Yeah, there's a song on the album called Go. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Kanye produces a large part of this album. It's really good. It's really um, the album that comes up is called B. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> the album's called B. I'm, oh, okay. I'm an idiot. I'm B-E. sorry. The song, one of the lead singles is called Go. The album is called B. That's the album. Ignore what Got I it. said. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I've been drinking a lot of Rolling Rock. That's all right. B is the name <laughs> of the album. Right. Go is the lead single off of that. Oh, record. gotcha. Listen, right, listen to that record. Uh, it's really good. You can't argue that Kanye is a good producer. Um, but uh, that, you, mean, you mean to say you can't argue he isn't? Isn't right. a good producer. Yeah. yeah, he's he's very good. And he, uh, God, just fucking ignore everything I'm saying. <laughs> Listen to that record. It's really, really good. If you like neo soul and you like uh, kind of like breezy sort of East Coast sounding hip hop, I really do. You yeah. will love that I've album. Been, I've been listening to a lot of Quest lately. My favorite right. track on that record is called "The Food." Uh, and I think the album version of that the song food. was was actually recorded live on on the Dave Chappelle show. So uh, really, yeah, uh, and it's it's fucking good. Uh, you'll you'll really like that record. Listen to it, enjoy it. I had never heard it until recently. I listened to it four times in a row, and I'm an idiot for not listening to it because <laughs> everybody already knows how good that album is. I'm just relaying no. it to you. That's all right. No, no, B not, is the name of the album. You're not always on B. the doorstep when the thing launches. You know. No. I mean. I, there's a lot of things I'm still discovering, so, you know. I'm trying to be on the doorstep. I'm trying to listen to more, like, new hip-hop, which yeah. Kendrick's new album's coming out this year, so, you know. I'm, I'm excited to hear I that. I am, too. Yeah, I, I gotta give Damn a new listen. Yeah. I gotta I gotta drill it in my head a little listen bit. Listen to it with fresh ears. It's good. Listen yeah. to it both ways, front and special edition backwards. It's good. Yeah. So, Ben, is it you or me here? 
Um, I have a very brief recommendation. Um, like I said, I was going to recommend my, I was going to use my favorite poem as my recommendation. Right. uh, Because it's too long to recite on air. Right. And it is the love song of J. Alfred Prufrock by T.S. Eliot. Prufrock. Prufrock. Now, I'm not sure I I know which one that is. Do I dare to eat a peach? Do I dare disturb you, the universe? Yeah. (laughs) Let us go then, you and I, when the Mm. evening is spread out against the sky like a patient etherized upon a table. Mm. Let us go through certain half-deserted streets, the muttering retreats of restless nights and one-night cheap hotels and sawdust restaurants with oyster shells. Yes. That is one of Drew Kettinger's favorite Et cetera, et cetera. Nice. Um, Prufrock is, is wonderful to me, and it's my favorite poem because... I, I discovered it, um, my dad's, uh, um, Elliot is one of my dad's favorite poets. Okay. And so for starters, um, when, whenever he would load me and my brother up in the car to go somewhere, he would, he would start saying, let us go then you and I, when the evening <laughs> spread out against the sky. And I never knew what, the, I, you know, I assumed it was from some poem that I, I'd never read because poet, I always assumed poetry is way over my head and it still kind of is honestly, yeah, but it's, um, it's overall never like assume that. <laughs> I, just yeah, I enjoy that. just enjoy the musicality of language. That's that's yeah. what that's what uh, that's what Dr. Snyder been taught. Like you know, again, I mentioned him teaching about uh, Jabberwocky and and uh, you know how how language is is what you perceive it. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I there was there was a long time where where I assumed and and still kind of do that a lot of poetry and a lot of uh, uh, literature is just going to go way over my head. Um, but uh, uh, the first time I read Proofrock. It it spoke to a point in my life, uh, specifically my early twenties, um, which uh, was full of like like masculine self doubt. You know, sure. there's there's a lot of there's a lot of language about. Um, Gosh, uh, I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> yeah. There's there's a, there's a lot about there's a lot of lines about you know uh, your hair looking thin, uh, your arms and legs you know getting scrawny. Yeah. Um, you know, women not paying attention to you, milady, <laughs> milady. <laughs> no, but it, it 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 speaks in a very gentle way to a lot of. Uh, I think self-doubt that a lot of men go through in, in those formative, you know, adult years, especially yeah. uh, when you're, when you're getting out there and socializing, uh, you know, your early twenties and yeah, you're and, starting to test the thing you spent a little while building. Right. Um, see and, if it works. Right. And, and even above that, like trying to appear cultured, you know, the line that that repeats a few times is in the room. The women come and go talking of Michelangelo. Okay, talking of Michelangelo. Talking of Michelangelo. Yeah. On the stretch, yeah. women come and go talking of Michelangelo. <laughs> and I thought, how I stupid. Thought, I thought, <laughs> that statue had such a tiny schmecker. And I thought, this not so great. Do I dare eat a peach? Do I, Do I, I dare <laughs> disturb you, universe? <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. You tell I don't me. give a fuck. Whatever. I don't give of shit, 420 blazing. America rules. <laughs> Suck my dick. Fuck you. Fuck off. Get out of here. Get him out of here. Throw him get in jail. Him there. Get him the hell out of here. Launch him. We gotta get him over the trebuchet. We gotta get him over the wall. We gotta launch him over that wall. We're gonna make out a lot of Mexicans really airborne. Oh my god. Stupid. No, but it it really does. It really does a great job of of speaking to that that kind of like 
post-adolescent yeah. male insecurities yeah. of, 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 you know, uh, uh, wanting to appear cultured and dignified. And, yeah. and trying to establish yourself in the world. Yeah, and and in particular for the sake of women who fucking yes who uh, who are are uh, compared in the poem to to sirens and mermaids. Um, <laughs> Not even post adolescent. Just I think you know directly post adolescent, but like just in just general, single the male brain in general. You know what I yeah. mean? Trying to find its place. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. Tr- yeah, trying to trying to have this this conventional but also like classical uh, form of masculinity where you're yeah. you know you're you're cultured uh, but also you know li- you know masculine you uh, yeah confident yeah right um, mm-hmm. there's a there's a great line that really uh, that really hit me hard where where he he talks about um, uh, being uh, in his words deferential glad to be of use yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, where he, you know, he talks about being like a side character in someone else's story, God. and and that lo- hurts. You know, trying to learn marriage. to be content with that, yeah, right. <laughs> otherwise known as marriage, <laughs> or, or any compromise between two people, uh, yeah. e- equally, you know, um, consequential, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, yeah, the love song of J. Alfred Prufrock. It's 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 great because it 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 talks about a side of masculinity that doesn't get discussed too often, especially not nowadays. Um, and, and that I think is, is, you know, a valuable thing for, I think any man to read mm-hmm. and understand and appreciate. And, you know, just sort of realize that, you know, every, every single man in existence has gone through what yes. proof rock talks about. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's a great long poem and it ends with one of the most beautifully sad lines uh, I think it, I, I've ever read. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it perfectly bridges that gap for me between flowery and modern. Yes. Um, which is also yeah, really there's, great. There's parts of it that are very uh, robust. Um, yeah, do I dare to eat a peach? Do I dare disturb <laughs> the universe? Do I dare disturb the universe? <laughs> yeah, if you, if you never heard uh, Elliot himself read it, he, he spent like half of his life in Britain, half of his life in the U.S., yeah. and so it's like this transatlantic uh, kind of accent he affects. Do I dare disturb the universe? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On the streets, women come and go, talking of Michelangelo. Michelangelo. Actually, I'm really curious what Drew's take is on that poem. The she next, loves that poem. Yeah, well, I know she loves it, but I wonder what she sees in it. The next time that she's Let's in front of these mics. Let's get yeah. here yeah. on the show again. I would love to know that. For another yeah. episode because, of Dudecast. Because I think I think to me it's... it's it's a it's a uh, a poem that's meant to speak oh. to men, but but that doesn't necessarily mean it's it in practice speaks only to men. It just right. dawned on me. She expressed interest in coming on the show again. It, I would, it could have been tonight, but I didn't do the legwork. Oh shit! Maybe, she would have been. Uh, yeah. So maybe when we do poetry too, we should have her come on. We'll definitely we do poetry too. Maybe the week after we do history three. Yes. <laughs> or video games right. three. Yeah. Dudes three. Um, <laughs> but yeah, my recommendation is the love song of J. Alfred Prufrock, Prufrock. by nice. T.S. Eliot, Thomas Stearns Eliot. Very nice. Um, I will tell you mine briefly. Uh, I have been screaming about this to you guys for, I feel like a couple of weeks now. No surprise. 
I am recommending you watch American Crime Story season two. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the first season of this show got a whole lot of buzz for a really good uh, reason. OG. I'm so glad you're. <laughs> I haven't seen uh, season two, so. So I watched season one and I fucking loved it. It's really good. Really good. Right? I told you. Casting is brilliant. Yes. It, was, it was about OJ Simpson, right? OJ, yeah, the, the OJ free case. OJ. Uh, uh, free and it covers OJ. a lot of things I didn't even really yeah. put together about the OJ case. Things maybe I could never have imagined about the OJ case. You know, like like intimate inside portraits of what OJ meant to people yeah. that I wouldn't have been able to consider. You know what I mean? Juice. Um, the, the first season is really good. It was casted really well. It was written really well. Oh my God. We have a perfect pyramid. Oh, oh my God. A perfect pyramid with a five can wide base. It's going to fall over. Five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> um, Time to crack another beer. <laughs> so that's the, uh, that's the, uh, first season of this show, which was very good. The second season, I don't feel like anyone talks about it. No, they don't. I never watched Nobody's it. Nobody's talking about and this. And no one is talking about this. And no one wants to talk about this. Johnny Versace was murdered on his steps. And no one is talking about it. It happened in Miami, and I know because I was there. I was there. <laughs> I was on the beach. I was I was the one who killed him. I, was, <laughs> I could have done something to stop it, but I, was, I kind of hated him. I was beating the shit out of my son, and I turned and I looked, and I saw, oh, my God, this is not so good. And I thought, this not great. <laughs> They're going to make a lot of TV shows about Melania, this. Melania, look at this. These fucking immigrants. <laughs> We got to launch him. Present company excluded. We got to launch him over the wall. I love this impression, but I hate how much real estate this dude gets in my head. Uh, yeah, go well, get ready because you got another four years of I real know, estate. I know. Getting ready. <laughs> but let's We're, not talk about that. Let's, let's talk about let's talk John, TV. Let's talk about dead Johnny Versace. It's a good. It's a really good season of TV. Yeah. If uh, if you don't know what happened to Johnny Versace, it's exactly that. Someone gunned him down on the steps of his Miami home. Yeah. Um, and uh, that person turned out to be a person of larger national interest than you might think. A person of larger national interest <laughs> than you might think. <laughs> he was yeah, a serial, was a serial killer, killer yeah, which a, I didn't know. I didn't know that either. Um, I didn't know that Johnny Versace was gunned down by someone who had killed like four people previously. Yeah. Uh, but it makes for a really interesting story. The story of a, a man named Andrew Cunanan, who went from essentially um, relatively poor childhood and then, you know, the family sort of being on the up and up and then poor again and uh, and managed to find a way to make uh, a way for himself partially as a male escort. Mm -hmm. And I think you could probably fairly say all around con man mm -hmm. and you know over the course of like a decade he ends up on the steps of johnny versace's home shooting him with a handgun yeah. and how that happens is so interesting it's the, the the whole show is told in sort of like a reverse order where the first episode is about that shooting and the second episode is maybe maybe a little bit more about you know that time, but then the third episode we start to step back. We go to what happened before that, and the fourth episode is what happened to lead to that. And the whole show works backwards. I like that. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, yeah, it's really cool. It's uh, especially now when we know the third season is going to be about the Clinton, the Clinton <coughs> trial, the right? Clinton impeachment. Yeah. yeah. 
That's uh, going to be so fucking interesting. That is going to be really Who are they going to get to play Bill Clinton? I don't know. But I told you already who they have mm. playing Matt Drudge, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking Billy Eichner. Billy Eichner. Yes. What a, what a <laughs> great, great casting. Yeah. Hilarious. I believe Sarah Paulson <coughs> is playing Linda Tripp. Okay. <coughs> I'm trying to remember. That cunt Linda Tripp <laughs> set the whole thing off. Yeah. I don't actually. Uh, honestly, there's things I'm going to learn. Watching the show mm-hmm. uh, Sometimes like you know when you live through stuff like that It's a little bit vague and we were all young And you know very young my yeah. memory of all That is a little bit you know probably clouded But um, Yeah that's it watch American Crime Story Season 2 it's on Netflix It's like uh, nine episodes Long yeah uh, The casting is brilliant the writing is Incredible the role of Andrew Cunanan is played Impeccably Um Never quite seen someone who is so clearly a villain that I liked so much. Yeah. Um, really, really well done. So uh, that's I, it. I will absolutely watch that. I highly recommend you do. I will. That'd be where, sweet. where did you watch it at? Netflix. Was it on Netflix? It's on Netflix. They have it on Netflix It's on now? Netflix right now. I will absolutely go home and watch that. Yeah. Actually, also, uh, season one is also on Netflix. Yeah, I'll watch season one again, too. I'll watch season two first because I've seen season one a couple times now. You but, should. Um, at least watch the first episode. And I'll tell you this, you know how like there's the how far do you have to watch before you're fully in? Yeah. If you're not fully in at the end of episode three, dip out. Okay. If you're not fully in at the end of episode three, it's a very slow date. (laughs) (laughs) Up top. You know what I'm talking about? Talking about full penetration. (laughs) P in V. Um, Let's move on. Yeah. Okay. Did we learn anything? Yeah, I learned. I that, think so. I learned that Dave can't get enough meat in his cuck mouth. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I learned that uh, farts are ten percent of a dolphin's diet. Yes. Mm, I learned Sweet Home Alabama can go fuck its sister. Yeah, sure can. <laughs> sure can. Uh, yeah. I, uh, keeping up with the farts here, I wrote a fart that violates the Geneva Convention. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I wrote that Donald Trump nuts into old Big Mac wrappers. <laughs> I learned Latrobe Pete is. Dumb and stupid. <laughs> Latrobe Pete. What an idiot. What a fucking moron. It's me, Latrobe uh, Pete. I wrote, I wrote, everyone has a jar of cherries in their fridge that they just don't touch. Mm-hmm. I wrote that, I wrote uh, comings and goings. <laughs> <laughs> I learned that poetry is a rich way to experience deep feelings, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing I wrote here is uh, being lawful good in a... A murder hobo campaign really sucks. It does. Try it sometime. <laughs> um, I I wrote down uh, uh, Kickstarter to fund uh, Paul Giamatti as the penguin. Yes. <laughs> hey, what's going on? Down what's here? going I'm on? The pe- I'm the penguin. Yeah, I'm the penguin. He's just walking. Yeah, it just naked. seems to me like uh, the, the, the bad forces of the city. <laughs> <laughs> just walking naked with a bottle of wine to Gotham. <laughs> So stupid. Tidy whitey What a fucking Don't watch Sideways. It's a bad movie. It's a bad movie. It's Don't fucking watch it. It's <laughs> Skip it. Skip it. It's if terrible. Some, if someone tries to show you that movie, punch him in the mouth. It got four stars and an Oscar for Best Picture somehow. <laughs> bad. Don't watch Wait, it. Wait, it got Best Picture? Got Best Picture. It's, it's fucking not even terrible. Under, it's not even It's not even good. It's just a dep- it's Paul Giamatti being depressing and then whoever that other dipshit is. <laughs> Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen being a bad Hayden actor. Hayden Christensen. No, it's not Hayden Christensen. Isn't that his name? No. Is no, it? Anakin Skywalker? Oh, yeah, no, no, that's not it. <laughs> no. Christian like, Slater? No, that's not it. 
I can't remember the guy's what? name. Please, this is his side. Slater it's Kitty? It's him. Slater Kitty. Uh, wait, <laughs> it's that it's guy a... being a bad person and Paul Giamatti <laughs> being depressing for like. Yeah. James Spader? <laughs> no. I don't, fucking, I don't know. Don't no. watch it. It's, it's some bad. tall blonde doofus that isn't good. It's a, oh, oh, Dolph Lundgren. Oh, I'm going to get married and I got to fuck somebody before I get married. That's <laughs> the story. Val yeah, Kilmer. That, that actually is it, the story. That's the story. It's, it's dumb. I'm about to don't get married, so I better go It's not Val Kilmer. It's not. not tall blonde doofus. No, it would be, good. It would be better if it was Val Kilmer. It's not. It's fucking <laughs> terrible. Hated Christensen. Watch a better movie like I don't know, Fast and the Furious Seven. All right, Fast and Furious Nine is going to be fucking yeah, incredible. I'm, gonna go, I'm actually going to pay money to that see that. Should have been a recommendation. Watch that stupid trailer. Watch that trailer. It's incredible. Uh, it's the best thing you'll ever see in your life. But. We've what? been going for two hours and wow. 45 That's minutes. That's a long Ooh. episode. Wow. It's, it's time Sorry, for us guys. To, it's time to stop. It's time to stop. Imagine how much longer it would be if I just went ahead and recited Proof Rock <laughs> in its entirety right here. I just imagined it. Let's yeah. not do it. Let's okay. Not. <laughs> <laughs> Let us go then, you, you and I, when the evening is spread out against the sky we like a patient ethanized upon a table. Thanks for listening to the 12. 3D show. 14. Yeah, thanks. There's 15 beers in this beer mid right here. Yep. Yeah. Plus three more on the table. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just discovered that my phone has a su- uh, super slow-mo camera. So if you punch through that while I film it, I will be the happiest man alive. Oh, let me do that and ruin Dave's night. <laughs> let's not get let's not get beer all over my basement. <laughs> no, it's fine. It, we're no. just going to do it over the table. No, Dave, Next it's to totally the delicate fine. microphones. Hey, we'll be back next time with my, like my episode, maybe, unless we have a guest. Well, probably. Pu- uh, punch away from the microphones. Yeah. <laughs> let's figure this out off, Mike. Thanks for listening. We love you guys. See you next week. Or whenever. Or nah, two you know, weeks, two weeks, whatever. Uh, we Fucking care. who cares? I don't even dare. She. A goodbye. A goodbye. A goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.